Blog Talk Radio. Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live. Sunday morning, man. What the fuck's going on? Hopefully I sound good over here on this 19th of January. I'm rocking some new headphone joints and trying out with the mic. So let's see how it goes. I told the fellas to send me a thumbs up or a thumbs down how it's coming through. Hopefully everything's all good and clear. And the rest of that should be in the rear view mirror. Anyways, top of the morning, y'all. Up and at it again early. Just barely getting in the crib right now. Um, you know. Walking in there, walking up in here, but up, but up, hold on. Um, okay, so far so good. Um, we can make it a little clear. We'll do that, but nonetheless, whew, had an early start to the morning, man. Early start to the morning, coming up in the crib, bada bada just a few seconds ago, and uh, getting this thing all started up, checking uh, my list, you know, doing everything that's getting uh, the right way crossed off early in the a.m. And today will be an important Sunday, not only because y'all rocking with the best and the most realest, trillest, real still boxing podcast in the world when you're rocking with the Outsiders Boxing Podcast featuring Willa, JP, and myself, Sean, Janelle, the boys, you know? But, uh, yeah, so the other reason it's a special day because we got some San Francisco 49ers playing today, which my football team is very excited for that. You know, against this uh, Aaron Rodgers guy, who I never really liked. Respect, very minusculously, but nonetheless, hopefully we get a good game out of all this. Hopefully. Um, but a quick rundown, man. You know, uh, getting back in the gym throughout this week, trying to get back in uh, in the swing of things. Looking like uh, I'll be getting ready for middleweight here within the next month or so. Um, but, yeah, man, other than that, all is good in the neighborhood. Just um, kind of cold, kind of cold still. Uh, actually, it's very cold still. Um, got my sweater on, you know, my suit, a jumpsuit. <sighs> Trying to keep warm, man. I'm uh I'm savoring this uh savoring these last few months of of the winter cold which I love the most. Oh, another thing is fucking car problems yesterday. For some reason my key got messed up, so you know how fun that is to get another key. And I got the push to start, so it's not a key you could get made by the fucking the the custodian part time throughout the week down the street. So that was fun. Some more challenger stuff. Um Hooped a little bit. It's all all around a good week, man. So 
Enough of all that good stuff. Will is going to let us know when he's ready. So, JP, I'm going to swing it to him first and see what's going down in the southern portion of California. JP, a whole lot of drama going on in the sports world, but we're here to talk about some boxing. How you doing this morning, my brother? Uh, all is well, man. Uh, big Sunday, big Sunday, like you mentioned. A lot of, lot of sports action going on. A lot of fighting went down. Well, not necessarily a lot, but some fighting went down in the world of sports last night. We had some UFC to talk about. Um, also, a big upset, the first upset of 2020 uh, happened last night. Um, and we'll dive into that some. But nonetheless, man, just enjoying this three-day weekend. If you're not, uh, if you don't have a three-day weekend, I encourage you to get an, another job. There's a lot of people out there who have to go to work tomorrow and they have those type of jobs. Just get another job, man. When you work for a decent company, you get the regular days off like everybody else does. And that's my tip for today. Get a better job if you're not off tomorrow. <laughs> hey, son, today off with some advice from old Uncle JP. Soak it in, young fella. Okay. But um, like I said, we're waiting on Willie to get back here. So, um, Looks like it's just going to be me and you shooting from the hip to start off things, JP. And we got some some big news to start off. We'll we give a quick rundown to the people what we're going to talk about today before we uh, dive into it. Um, man, we're talking about guys having uh, a puncher's chance. What, what happened, yeah. JP? Everything else good? Ella Deer, knockout of the year, man. I, I don't know. You know, there was some conspiracy about that. Alvarez versus Kovalev two fight in my estimation. Um, I, I feel like we know that we know that Alvarez has taken step aside money numerous times. Um, yeah, yeah, he dominated he dominated Kovalev in the first fight, dominated him, and then comes back and loses. You know, in, the, in a, what looked to me like a lackluster performance. And if you ask me, I felt like Alvarez, you know kind of took some money so they can get to that Canelo uh Kovalev fight and get that out the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, yeah. That's let me give a quick rundown real quick, JP and we'll we'll get to all the subjects right now. Um right. the first one we're gonna talk about, man, uh first thing on the list is gonna be uh Jason Rosario, a guy who really thought we really thought had nothing much more than a puncher's chance. Wow. Upset starting early in twenty twenty gets a big stoppage victory over um, against Julian J. Rock Williams, picking up some straps along the way, having his own uh, t- his own moment at the very end when the belts get put on the shoulder and won around the waist. Very, very, very touching moment in the sport of boxing because this is what it means, you know. Um, as JP was talking about right now, Elder Larry Alvarez with a devastating KO in seven rounds in a very, un- you know, lackluster fight, to say the least. Uh, and then we got PBC's uh, prospect of the year. Joey Spencer picking up a unanimous, a unanimous decision victory for whatever that's worth. Uh, also, Felix Verdeo getting back in the ring, picking up a UD as well. We'll be getting to those two a little bit. Um, Floyd Mayweather, which is a surprise to no one that picks up uh, Floyd Mayweather picks up the fighter of the decade with the illustrious 50 and 0 record and all the things that we've seen throughout the career, especially the last 10 years of Floyd Mayweather. And, um, uh, of his performance, so which is a surprise to nobody. I thought if it wasn't going to be Floyd Mayweather, somebody got to get the eyes checked. 
or get the hate out their heart, or maybe both of them. And then on the last subject we'll touch on today will be Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, that's right, UFC talk. Cowboy Cerrone getting his ass beat in 40 seconds by Conor McGregor. Talk about conspiracy theories. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Donald Cerrone might have woke up yesterday and heard a doorbell ring. We'll keep what was at the doorstep a surprise until then. But we'll get into all that good stuff. But, JP, let's start off with the biggest upset of the night yesterday over on the PBC side of things. Um, I mean, hell, I don't know who expected that. It uh, wasn't me. If anybody put money on that fight yesterday, I'm sure they're Scrooge McDuck right now. Uh, you had Julian J. Rock Williams coming in as a pretty big favor, favorite against Jason Rosario and uh, ended up, you know, ended up costing him, man. Uh, ended up costing him as he takes an L in the seventh round uh, or the fifth round. I'm sorry. He must really hate fifth round. <laughs> he's, he's had a bad career when it comes to fifth round. Um, losing his WBA Super Welterweight uh, Super Welterweight title, International Boxing Federation World Super Welterweight title, International Boxing Organization, the WBO, known as World Superweight title. Lost all three of them yesterday. Two major, one minor. And Jason Rosario picks up an early candidate for upset of the year, only in January 2020. Um, <clears throat> JP, I don't know about you, but after they did the face-off and all that stuff, I had a red flag go off for Julian J. Rock Williams. Not saying I predicted the upset, but I just had a red flag go off. When Julian Williams had said that, quote, unquote, I'm going to peel his banana, that didn't sit well with me. I know we try to, you know, say some things that will make some headlines and be a funny kind of dude in this sport, but I'm not so sure if I go to the extent of – <laughs> go to the extent of peeling a man's banana. That just, to me, sound, you know, sound real funny to me. But after I heard that <clears throat> and caught the fight sporadically as I did yesterday, looked to me like, like a fighter that was in there obviously taking the guy very lightly, but very, very game opposition by one Jason Rosario. Um, he had some real good size on him. He was landing a lot of punches from, from a good mid-range distance. And the ones that were getting in flush were from that distance. And you could tell that Julian J. Rock Williams was not expecting that, man. And because which, he takes an L. And that leaves a lot of questions to be asked. He said that the uh, rematch would be immediate and things of that nature. But, <clears throat> but you know, um, <clears throat> it's crazy, man. We had, uh, we had um, you know, Seattle Slam over here saying that the guy was, you know, Deteriorating mentally and physically, um, you know, even fight going past four. But you know, J Rock was clearly deteriorating from one Seattle sign. We had people who were looking at it from all types of, of, of parts of the spectrum. But for me, it just looked like a guy who came in obviously taking the fighter lightly, took a few shots he wasn't expecting, and his body didn't react the way he would expect it to react. So I'm not so sure how the training camp went or sparring partners that were leading him up to this fight, but. Nonetheless, he takes another L in five. He's got to hate that round five. JP, what are your thoughts yesterday on the big upset victory from Jason Rosario and the devastating L for one, Julian J. Rock Williams? Yeah, this is a fight where I think about 100% of the boxing community got it wrong, just simply based on the fact we don't know who Rosario is. Um, 
when I seen him, I, I didn't have any reference to Rosario, so I didn't know who he was. So when I seen him, I'm like, whoa, this guy's pretty pretty huge. Like he's probably bigger than Heard. And uh yeah. <clears throat> you know, our our Dominican brother came in there, uh and one one for the for the DR, you know, that they, they got a champion over there, so uh kudos to them and I I'm sure that's big for that kid and wherever he's from. Uh but but uh Rosario he came to fight. And the fight stood in there, uh, wasn't there to box, wasn't there to be pretty, just going to impose his size, Williams down. And Williams <clears throat> having a hometown fight. I know it has to hurt. Now, we, we talked about guys retiring from smack talk and all of this uh, in the Harrison versus Charlo fight. This yeah. one for Williams being, being the second knockout um, on the big stage, I can see this being a, a, a challenging mental hurdle for him to get over in front of this home crowd. You've seen his reaction. He just was like, wow, he couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? So it came as a surprise to him. Uh, probably underestimated this guy to some degree. Uh, his trainer, Stephen Edwards, he's a bread man. He seemed to know this guy was going to be big, strong, rough, and tumble. You know, you can hear his commentary during the fight. We knew this guy was in no place. We didn't. Um, I never thought he was as what Redman said, <clears throat> but uh, without the name, the cachet attached to the name, you know, I think most of the boxing world we're like, oh, okay, this is just some French contender. We don't know about some Dominican Republic fighter. They're not very much. They're not known for producing good fighters like that. So we just all mm-hmm. assumed this would be be a stepping stone to J Rock to the Charlos. That's what we talked about. On Wednesday show, but no, um, and this is the, where the adage applies. You know, it's a fight. It's a fight, man, and this is where it comes in. And uh, Rosario came in there, big, strong, tall. Uh, didn't have a lot of wrinkles in the game. Just came in there and was big, strong, and tall, and that was enough for old J Rock. Uh, I don't know. We, I think it's safe to say that we know he's at least chinny. Um, I don't know if you want to call a person chinny when they're getting hit good. I mean, the shot he got hit by Charlo with, not a lot of guys stand up from that shot. Uh, Rosario, we got to see more. We don't know what kind of – yeah, we don't know the power Rosario has. Um, I did hear Lennox Lewis saying in the uh, in the uh, commentary, like, you know, his shots look really heavy-handed. You know, so we don't have a lot of reference to Rosario and what he does, but – I guess we'll be seeing him going forward. Good-looking kid. Um, somebody's going to have to beat him up. Somebody's going to have to beat him up, and it's going to. Um, he looks like another Jared Hurd in the division, uh, possibly bigger. For J Rock, I guess it's back to the drawing board again. I hear that J Rock's made some great investments as far as buying homes and things like that over in the Philadelphia area. So I don't assume that um, he's in a financial bind, but his inactivity lends to those other activities he has outside the ring and could also be the reason why we see J-Rock uh, going down in that fifth round again in front of the hometown crowd. So tough one to swallow for J-Rock. I hope, he, I hope he makes it back, man. He doesn't seem to be that blue chip type of fighter. He seems like the type of guy that has a lunch pill and a hard hat. So I think I think he should come back. I still think he's a good fighter. I think he can beat a lot of guys on any given night. He can also lose. So I'm looking forward to the comeback trail for uh, Julian Williams and looking forward to the future for Rosario. 
Well put. Well put. You know, um, Rosario put on a performance yesterday that I kind of expected Jared Hurd to do to, to Jillian Williams, but sometimes it's the bigger the draw or whatever it'd be like. Uh, Willa, he's finally back with us, so we'll take it to Willa and get his thoughts on this fight yesterday. Early upset of the year candidate, Willa, with Julian Williams taking an L to Jason Rosario. What was your thoughts on the performance yesterday from the winning and the losing? Oh, man, yeah, most definitely. Uh, good morning, fellas. Great Sunday. Happy to be alive. Happy to be talking boxing with my guys out here. Um, yeah, man, uh, if you remember Wednesday, I said I had seen a Rosario fight maybe one or two times. Uh, saw him fighting the, uh, the Danny Garcia fight. He didn't look too good. Um, I think I saw him get knocked out uh, back in the day when he had the braids. Um, but I knew he was strong, and I knew he had a puncher's chance out there. Uh, I think he had knocked out mostly everybody he had fought since his, uh, since his loss. The last fight that I saw, he was fighting some, um, some pale Hispanic guy, and I think it was a split decision. But the guy was sort of awkward, and he was eating his shots. Tough guy, but he did get the win. Um, and I also... You know, I've always had questions when it came to uh, Julian Williams. Um, was he the real deal? Is he the real deal? You know, I think he had, uh, what was he, 27-1 and one or something like that. I don't have the box record right now, but I think he was like 27-1, and one, 16, 17 knockouts, so he doesn't have any real power. And, you know, when you're fighting these big dudes to get them with, off uh, of you, yeah, to get these big dudes off of you, you need to, uh, you know, you got to have a little power. You know, he beat up Hurd. He took it to Hurd, but, you know, there was always been questions about Hurd also. Does he have power? Uh, you know, I know he's big, but, it, you know, I don't know. So I've always had questions for them. So even though this was a, a this was an upset, it wasn't too surprising what happened. You know, we know that J-Rocky gets shook. He's been shook a couple of times. Um, and this guy was big in there, and this guy came to fight hungry went in there, you know, imposed his size. Had, you know, he didn't even really just impose the size last time. Sometimes it was a lot of counter-punching. You know, he looked like he was he was an all right boxer in there, man. Um, uh, Rosario proved that, you know, he's, he's, he's something to be reckoned with. You know, I think the fight that I saw him get knocked out uh, was a long, long time ago. I think he might have even been winning the fight and just got caught, caught a couple of times, dropped a couple of times, and they waved the fight off, but Man, Julian Williams, he was in there. He was boxing fine. Um, you know, I think I had it had it pretty even. I think I had it even in it going into the fifth round. Uh, Julian Williams, he started boxing real good at the beginning, got that cut. Once he got that cut, I immediately knew he was it was over. He started pawing at the eye, you know, wiping it off. Then he just started getting hit. Once he started bleeding, he started getting hit. That lets me know he might be a little fragile in there. Um uh, you know, I think I once I saw the blood, he got hit probably like three or four times. I texted the group, hey, uh, Julian Williams was looking weak in there. And, you know, then he lost the third round. and uh, I mean, he lost the fourth round. And then fifth round, he got, got caught. Uh, he couldn't keep the guy off of him because his punch, you know, he had, he landed some good shots. He landed some, some pretty good shots. But, he, you know, he doesn't have any, any power behind it or, if he has power, this guy was just eating it. It was just too big. Rosario hit him, stung him, and then, you know, uh, Julian Williams tried to hold on as long as he could, but he couldn't, man. He got hit with that uppercut, a vicious uppercut, 
you know, he didn't drop. So when you say, when people say Chinny, you know, at least he didn't go to sleep, you know. Uh, I think it was somebody comparing him to Amir Khan. Khan is going to sleep, you know. Julian Williams, he got caught with that uppercut. He tried to fight back. He got hit again. He almost fell, but then the rope sort of held him up. You know, he he sort of went out tough, but, you know, it was a good it, it was a good stoppage. You know, I won't say it wasn't a good stoppage because he was out of there and you don't want anybody to get killed in there. And that's funny because J-Rock was, got mad at the um, the guy's trainer talking to, when the trainer said they had nothing to lose. The trainer was, and then J-Rock was like, oh, we got everything to lose. We can lose our lives. And if the ref would have let it keep on going, J-Rock might have lost his life in there because he was, he was out of there. And that guy was coming, man. So upset of the year, the great way to start out the year with a great upset. I mean, people shouldn't be too surprised because Julian Williams, you know, he hasn't really proved himself to be that good of a, a fighter to me, you know, that upper echelon. He, he beat her, you know, that was the upset of the year. You know, we didn't get to see the rematch, but, you know, he, him beating her was a was a big step, but I really wasn't ever sold on her. Her hasn't proved to me that he's actually the real deal leader, you know. So, like I said, Great upset, great fight by Rosario. I think that um, we were wondering if uh, they had the rematch, rematch clause in there. J-Rock said they did. They would definitely be fighting um, next and be said soon, but I don't think he's going to want to see that again. I think it's the same thing. Um, too big, too strong, and he's coming forward, man. So shout out to uh, Jason Rosario. Great job out there, man. Way to get them belts, man. Very uh, emotional moment for him with that W, but, uh, yeah, great fight, yep. man. Great way to start out the year, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, I don't know, man. I'm calling it upset. I'm, I'm giving it an early candidacy for upset at the end. Just starting the year, maybe getting a little too light, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that was picked out there with the boxing community was very big on Julian Williams to pick up his W. But um, let's take it to the Pacific Northwest because, you talk about a guy maybe being chinny or not being chinny, you know you're going to have an argument coming from that part of the United States. So, good morning to you, Seattle Slime. How you doing, my dude? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, man, ain't shit, bro. Nah, man, no Back arguments here, bro. No, no arguments here, man. I mean, there's no need for it, man. You know, uh, you, know you, you come to a conclusion sometimes that, like, hey, That's a first. You know. That uh, there's no reason to argue. Ain't nobody gonna change my mind, and I'm not gonna change your mind. So, just that's it. You know what I'm saying? But if you talk stupid, I will clown you. But <laughs> as long as that, there's no argument. But, uh, but what's uh, your thoughts on the fight? Like, as far as yeah, as far as the fight goes, man. I mean, it was a huge upset, man. I mean, uh, 33 to one favorite. I mean, there's no way to not argue that. I mean, just say otherwise. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the people that are quote-unquote experts, the people that don't want to lose money, that make these odds, made the odds that wide. So that's a huge upset. Like, basically, this type of upset would have to – it would have to be a Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, or a, like, Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson fight level fight to happen sometime this year to top it. So, this is probably yep. going to be the upset of the year. You know what I'm saying? 
that's just what it's that's just what the facts say the numbers say so uh but yeah man i mean i'm you know i wouldn't say unprecedented because i'm pretty sure it's probably happened before but when was the last time can anybody remember the last time a guy had a showcase fight in his hometown world unified champion and got absolutely destroyed I can't think of it. And, you know, I don't remember that. You know what I'm saying? That what happened was just crazy. You know what I mean? Um, you know, hey, full credit to Rosario. He went in there as the underdog, did his business. You know what I'm saying? You know, Williams, you know, I've always had a little bit of questions about him. He, he could fight, though. He's, he he got skills, you know. He's got skills. He does everything pretty good. I would say, you know, not just his ability to take a punch, but he ha- he doesn't tuck his chin well. So that never helps when you get hit with certain shots because you get the whole whiplash factor when you get hit. So um, that's something that I've always seen in him. But, uh, you know, this was a fight where he was supposed to win, win convincingly in front of his fans, and none of that happened. And so, you know... I was mentioning that before he even said it himself, like, yeah, we're probably going to see a rematch because usually, you know, the guys like, you know, fights like this and stuff like, you know, they got, they got that, uh, that crutch. They have that protection, which is a rematch clause. So he mentioned he's going to do the rematch. You know, um, you know, it was entertaining. I had it even, but it only went five rounds. So what does that say? And to me, he was, you know, he was huffing and puffing. He was showing, uh, deterioration the cut really affected him you know cuts could, you know cuts show a lot and a lot of a lot of times show a lot of guys characters as a fighter like it can give you a sense of urgency or it can give you a sense of weakness you know like and with Williams it showed me weakness more than urgency you know I saw urgency with Fury against Waleen I saw a sense of urgency with Derevchenko versus Golovkin. I didn't see that sense of urgency. I saw a guy keep pawing at it. You know, every time he would get hit on that side, he would, you know, he would just cover up and not respond. I mean, he does have that issue anyway. I noticed with Williams, he, anytime he gets hit with a big shot, he freezes up. And that's not good because, uh, you know, a fighter starts building confidence that, oh, I'm hurting him even though you may maybe not necessarily hurting him, but it looks that way. And then after that, they want to start following up with shots and that's where you can get hurt. And I noticed that with uh, Williams, but I mean, Hey, we're going to probably see the rematch. Um, Hey, I mean, whatever. I mean, he was the champion, so I guess he deserves it, but this just prolongs the situation because Hurd was going to supposed to, you know, he's fighting next week. And then after that, he was supposed to fight Williams again. But now that he lost, now we got to see this rematch again. Then if Williams wins, then, uh, uh, you know, we're probably going to see Williams heard. And then after that, we're probably going to see maybe a unification with Charlo. So it just makes everything kind of, uh, you know, take just everything take longer, you know. But, but also, if Rosario wins again, maybe Rosario just goes straight to a Charlo fight. So it could also maybe make the situation not as long. So 
I, I personally think Rosario is going to win again, but we'll see. Um, there's nothing I've seen from Williams that is going to be able to stop Rosario's momentum that he gained in that fight. But maybe he can, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, come out with the right game plan, the right strategy, and you execute it, maybe he can do it. But, um, you know, this – I will say this. I know a lot of people ain't going to like what I say, but, well, oh, well. Um, if Williams loses again, I think he should retire. But we'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, I, I, I can't say I disagree with you on that one. But I'll just say this, and I'm sure people won't like this. If Rosario loses, he just wasted everybody's time. But we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, uh, the pro. No, I, no, I disagree problem. because why? He stopped him. He stopped him. It w- it wasn't like it was a split decision type fight, you know. So to me, it would just if you're saying waste everybody's time as far as. It's going to make them fight a third time, which we don't want to see. I, I got you on that. But all it would mean is one and one. You know what I mean? So they would have to just go again. And I and even if Williams wins, I don't see Williams winning by stoppage. If Williams wins, I think he, he would just win a decision. So now it's a stoppage win versus a decision win. Now let's do it again. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty sure Rosario – now that he's the champion, is probably going to want a rematch clause in his his contract because he got yeah. the you know he got the win right now. So if that's what you mean, but the, the, he beat him in five rounds. Let's not forget that people. That fight went five rounds, not even five rounds, more like four four and a half rounds. No, four four rounds in like thirty seconds or something like that. That is <laughs> a very short fight, bro. Like the man demolished him, you know, and he got demolished by Charlo too. So, yes, the chin questions are serious. He got dropped by a jab and hurt by Charlo with a jab. Then got hit with an uppercut and was out. Then in this fight, was all over the place every time at the end. You know, to be honest, that was a knockdown. They didn't count it. He tried to give him a, a pass. Then he got up. He didn't fight back. So he had to stop it because his eyes were whirled, you know, by the back of his head. He was done. So, yeah, the man has – uh, serious chin issues, you know? And I remember the Ishe Smith fight where he was getting hurt by Ishe Smith. The fight could have went either way. So, yeah, his chin is really bad. Well, yep. Uh, can't say I disagree with any of that. But, um, hey, you know, it's what it is. Well, uh, we'll move along here in another fight that JP had an interesting start to take on uh, that I'm sure you guys are going to want to touch on. When you see the knockout of Elder Alvarez had in the seventh round, you would think that he had such a great buildup to lead to that knockout, like uh, a, a fan-friendly type of a fired affair back and forth and a tough exchanges or, or things like that with Elder Alvarez leading up to that huge knockout punch that he had. But Come to find out, when you peel back the curtain, pretty boring fight. Not much going on. And then, you know, just like that, lightning strikes from Aguilera Alvarez. We've seen that. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of knockouts on his resume, but we've seen that he can definitely put that pain on somebody. 
between the Kovalev fight and um, what? Am I, I'm not sure exactly what it is right now, but what's he got like 14 knockouts on his resume, something like that? Not much, but but uh, yeah, we've seen that happen again. We've seen Elmer Alvarez look very very impressive again with the stoppage, not during the, not not with the entire performance, but big big right hand over the top. And pretty much sent um, who was it? Uh, Michael Seal. Pretty much put him in a uh, put him in a uh, a different time zone, out of orbit. Stark City, bobbleheads, whatever you want to call it. It was bad. And Elvin Alvarez picked up the W yesterday. JP, uh, we'll start off with you since that's how the way we kicked off things around here. What was your take on the performance yesterday as you started to go, uh, started to allude to at the beginning of this, this uh, show that we had? Elvin Alvarez's performance yesterday, what was your thought? Uh, lackluster, but kind of a typical Alvarez performance in some, some sense. But I want to talk just about Eldadir, or I don't know how to say his name, Eldadir. Um, probably one of the better fighters of the past, let's say five to 10 years, especially at a uh, middleweight that we just haven't gotten to see. That said, I think that Alvarez has definitely managed his career in the sense of a businessman, <clears throat> taking step aside money, I believe on multiple occasions. Um, then if you ask me taking a dive to Kovalev so they could go fulfill that thing they needed to do with uh, Canelo. <clears throat> but Alvarez, you know, he's he's one of these guys who you just he can have a performance of a lifetime or he can have something lackluster, you know, but I think I think the the promotion knows that it's just not going to be a lot of backing behind him. So they they kind of strategically move him around and maneuver him around and I think Alvarez has been just fine with that. I'm thinking Alvarez is pretty comfortable financially wherever the hell he's from. Uh, I'm sure he lives pretty well there. Because uh, I, I'm just certain that he's handled his career and he's, he's taken those checks and he hasn't taken a lot of punishment. So I look, I want him to be more active. I want to see him in another competitive fight again. You know where where he's going for it, where he's going for it, and um, you know against a good guy. So not much to say on it. A boring ass fight. Um, a guy he, he should have gotten out of there, but right now knockout of the year. Yeah, it could definitely be put up there to start off already with the early, early 2020 event of things that we've seen just in one night. So, hell of a knockout. Hopefully that uh, Michael Steele gentleman is all right. That was a pretty devastating punch. Well, your take yesterday on Elderly Alvarez before we go to science. Oh, man. Um, I ain't going to lie to you. I tried, I, I tried to watch the fight. Uh, I had it recorded. Um, I started watching it. It was boring. I got a little, I got tired and went to sleep on it, man. Uh, uh, like JP said, when you look at, when you look at Alvarez's resume, you know, he's, he's beat some all right people. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's all right, but he, he doesn't have that flash about him. Um, so I didn't get to see the knockout until, until like maybe 30 minutes before, before the uh, the show, I ch- I got to see it. Great uh, l- little looping shot, little looping right hand, went put him to sleep, man. So I'm glad that he it ended well. But to me, I, I went to sleep on it, man. It was sort of boring. He doesn't bring anything 
you know, bring any extra flash out, you know. So, and after after he got beat up by Kovalev, I, I really sort of put him to the side, man. But I think he only has he only has that one loss, right? So, you know, and he has, you know, like JP said, I want to see see exactly what he's got, man. He hasn't really he has an all right resume, but we haven't really got to see exactly what he's been able to do. Uh, Michael Seals was coming off of KO and somebody pretty bad his last fight, so. You know, he just got that payback, went to sleep, couldn't get up. Um, so, yeah, so far the knockout of the year, I guess, man. Starting early, we started with knockout of the year early and uh, upset of the year early, man. But like I said, it was a boring fight. I went to sleep on it. I didn't really get to catch the knockout until this morning. Oh, this is good, man. Oh, this is good. Hopefully you got some good rest that night. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you didn't miss a whole lot of um very lackluster, but uh, son, interested to hear your take on this one. Do you think this fight and the knockout by Eliud Alvarez puts him in some sort of realm of contention? I'm not sure where he's at right now as far as his ranking goes, but you see him getting back into that title picture after yesterday's knockout. Well, I, I believe they said that the winner of last night's fight would fight Joe Smith, who fought the week before against Jesse Hart for the WBO the vacant WBO set. Uh, oh, okay. You know, Canelo, you know, the guy everybody said, you know, truth, you know, everybody, you know, swear up and down. All his fanboys said, yes, this really happened. There was no corruption and all that. Okay, really? So he really did that, right? But then he didn't even want to defend the title one time. Okay. Believe what you want. We know what time it is. But yeah, so basically Alvarez versus Joe Smith gonna be for the for the vacant WBO. I believe I I I pick I would pick Alvarez in that fight. It's always dangerous with a guy like Joe Smith because of his power, but he's very very limited. That's why like Jesse Hart should be ashamed of himself for his performance last week. Speaking of that, Philly fighters, Jesus, it's been a rough two weeks for them. Man, uh, that's why I've never been. Uh, that's a whole different subject, but never been sold on like. Oh, this city or this area of the world means you automatically fight better than other people. I don't believe that bullshit. You That's what people it, from Ohio or you or the Midwest. You either got it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? So, Shit, I'll, I'll take but, Michigan. I'll take Michigan. Michigan looking pretty good. Uh, based yeah, on except what? for Tony Harrison. <laughs> That's tough. No, that's interesting. Based off Joey Spencer. Who? You talking about the guy that got a gift decision a few fights ago and then had to go back down to four rounders? You talking about that guy? Who was that against? Was that against Malik Black last year, I believe? Dude, you. I'll put it to you like this. Let me. This is how. Uh, okay. High level prospects. I know we're going a little off subject, but high level no, prospects are moved this way. You start off at four, you go to six, you go to eight, you go to 10, then you start trying to fight for the world titles or the eliminators at 12 rounds or whatever, blah, 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 right? Joey Spencer had that horrible fight where I thought he lost against that one guy. I forget his name. Six-round fight. His performance was, was so Malik bad. They moved, him right, they, they moved him back down to a four-rounder again. That tells you all you need to know, brother. Like, I, I just speak facts here. So you can say Michigan. You can say all this other stuff. I'm just telling you facts here. Go look it up yourself. Now, as far as this situation with Alvarez and Joe Smith, like I said, I got Alvarez. I think Alvarez will pick up that belt. You know, you know, you look at Alvarez has that uh, 
uh, deceptive power. You look at his KO percentage and his record, you don't think it's there. But then all of a sudden, he'll land that right hand on somebody, and they're going down. You know, Kovalev, Seals yeah. last night, you know. So that's why the records and all that stuff is, um, you know, it could be misleading, man. You got to kind of, when it comes to power, when it comes to who's a quote-unquote killer, like people like to throw out, you kind of got to, like, look at it individually, you know? Don't just go off word of mouth or box rec, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I like, you know, I, you know, I always like a, a, a good little story, a good little conspiracy, you know, funny little one I heard from uh, JP. Good one, JP, you know? Um, I do think it's funny I'm the only one criticized when I throw out a conspiracy, but that's okay. I'll take it. I'm a well, big man. I can that. take it. But... Um, I like that one, JP. That was a good one. I really, I, you know, come up with some more, man. Entertain me with those ones. You know, Alvarez took a dive. So Alvarez took a dive, gave up his zero for some cash so Kovalev and Canelo could do that fight. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I believe. I mean, he whooped Kovalev's ass so convincingly in the first fight. I think, And I believe Kovalev, the dog, was gone from the Andre Ward fight. Alvarez follows that up by kicking the shit out of him. Then he just comes back and lets him jab him to death. Basically, I don't know, I, I just yeah, shoe shine him. Yeah, 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 I know. I remember shoe shined his way to a victory. But um, yeah, so it was just funny to hear. But uh, hey, hey, nothing surprised me in boxing, especially when it's Golden Boy involved. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know that that heavy. I mean. When they put up the graphic, I don't know if y'all were watching, like, the, the – paying attention to that whole little – because the fight was boring, you know, horrible fight. Just a nice shot he landed. They were both lining each other up for the right hand. If you're, you know, if you're watching the fight, you could see Seals and Alvarez. They were missing like crazy, but they were throwing heat the whole time. It's just finally Alvarez landed it, and Seal, you know, Seals went down. But you, there was a graphic of all the light heavyweights in the division at the moment – Man, light heavyweight is stacked, you know? Like, it is stacked, you know, now. But, you know, I think there's a clear-cut number one, you know, in Better Beef. I think Better Beef, you know, is going to be a guy, even though he's unified champion, he's got the WBC and the IBF, where usually in situations like that, guys don't duck you because they're looking at the risk versus reward, like, Man, but I can win the WBC and the IBF. I'll be unified champion. But the way that guy fights, man, I think he's going to be ducked anyway. You know, that remains to be seen. That's just my belief. We'll see the type of opponents that he gets moving forward. I know he's fighting one of his mandatories next. But I think everybody else is going to be trying to maneuver between the WBO and the WBA, trying to pick it up, trying to pick up belts, or just trying to put on good fights. But uh, yeah, Alvarez is definitely a player because he's got the right hand. And he's durable. He can take a shot. And he's got a great jab also. So, uh, but um, he is getting up in there and up, up, in, up in age, though. So, uh, you know, 35 years old. So he's probably only got a few good fights. But he got a decent resume. You know, he's got Butte, Pascal, and Kovalev. And, you know, he took out Seals last night. If he takes out Joe Smith for the, for the WBO, that, you know, that's a pretty good resume. You know what I'm saying? But, but like JP said, he also wasted a lot of time taking a lot of you know, step aside money and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? He could have been a guy that maybe ended up becoming undisputed if he would have actually took these shots and tried to like get all the belts. But hey, man, you know everybody's career is different. You know what? What we may think is the the route to go is may not be the route 
you know, another guy wants to go. Like Alvarez might have been like, nah, why would I go through training camp and all that when I could just get money? You know, so, hey, I ain't mad at it. But, um, yeah, good knockout, you know, horrible fight. And uh, the light heavyweight division is, is, is maybe the most stacked division in boxing right now. Definitely, up for the, it's up for debate, but, I mean, you got a really good case on your hands with that one, man. Um, <clears throat> I like the, the points. I like the theories. I like it all. But you started to allude to Joey Spencer and a guy that, you know, they're really hyping up a lot. We're moving along, obviously. But um, PBC Prospect of the Year, um, I believe the fight time was talking about where he thought he had lost. That's when um, – uh, JP had a show that night. I remember it was last year. Headed out. That's when I was out in Pismo on the, at the time and showed up right in town when the fight started against Akeem Black. Um, in a fight that I think Akeem Black. I can't remember his record at the time. I think he had about three L's on there. Maybe, maybe a little more. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Oh no, he's uh he had one up until that time. Uh, oof. The loss to Aaron Anderson right after Joey Spencer uh, by another UD against the guy who was undefeated. Seems like a guy get, doesn't get the right end of the stick. No special effects or nothing like that, but Joey Spencer looked pretty bad in that fight. And I remember after that point, I just wasn't sold on the guy. I wasn't sold before that fight when he had fought. He looked spectacular against, um, I can't remember exactly who it was, um, but he was, uh, I mean, it was bad. The guy from uh, mixed martial arts, and he tried boxing Joey Spencer. His battle, whoever sanctioned it, we have archives of the thoughts I had about it. They, you know, on how they look at themselves in the mirror, sanctioning a fight like this with a guy like Joey Spencer. I believe Floyd Mayweather was in attendance, and it looked like, you know, this guy's the next guy. But, you know, after I seen what happened against Team Black, put some respect on a Team Black's name. He took it like a G, man. He went out there and handled his business, but. Um, yesterday you had Eric Spring in there with him, and I mean, come on, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do about this man, Joey Spencer guy? I mean, he looks good in in spurts, but then when you put the whole puzzle together, to me it just doesn't look like a guy who's gonna be much more than anything than uh, gatekeeper around the way. He definitely got some talent to him, but I mean, not a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I could believe I could be completely wrong, and he grows into a, his grown man body and puts together um, some more power or, or stamina. Seems to be one of his biggest issues. Um, but goes to the goes to the cards again yesterday. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to think about this guy. Um, I'll take it to JP. JP, I, I'm way on the fence about Joey Spencer. I don't think he's going to be much special. Um, and I'm talking about PBC's prospect of the year in 2019. Uh, so, what, what's your thoughts on Joey Spencer? Am I wrong here, or am I missing something that I, I, I'm not seeing with this kid? Uh, I'm, I'm with you, RC. Not sold yet. Not buying in quite yet. Hold your horses if you're PBC. You know, I, I, I haven't seen a lot. Actually, last night was my first time getting to see him. But, 
Yeah, not not overly impressed. I think there's other young prospects out there like Ennis and a few others that look way more promising to me. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the, I don't know his amateur background. Maybe he has some kind of pedigree that says he's supposed to be the guy. But as of now, I'm not buying any stock in Joey Spencer. Yep, that's two. Will, how you feeling about Joey Spencer? I thought I, I I don't know. I could be mistaken, but I thought you were uh, you were uh, you were on the train for a little bit there when it came to Joey Spencer. Yeah, definitely. I I um, you know, I've been following Joey Spencer when I can when he's on TV, which seems to be a lot. You know, you could tell that they're putting they're putting a lot of uh a lot of, of backing behind them. They're trying to boost them up, uh, 10-0, 7-K-O's. Um, you know, I thought he was going to – when I first saw him, I thought he was going to be the white guy that everybody needed to come into sport, you know. Like I always say, there's all, we always need a good white guy. Our guy – what was my man's name, the heavyweight that was uh, the son of uh, – what's his name? We, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, I was talking about Tommy Morrison's son. Yeah, Tommy Morrison's son. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, you know, we 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 need those American white guys, and I thought Joey Spencer was that until I saw his brother, who looks like he's African. So therefore, I know I figured out that Joey Spencer is a mixed kid. So you know, felt a little more love for him. You know, we got a we got a Colin Kaepernick out here, a, a young black a young black white guy oh. out here. So I showed a little more love for him, man. But I ain't gonna lie, he hasn't looked. He he didn't look the best against Akeem Black. He came out, got a KO in his last fight. Uh, Aaron Spring looked like a guy that was sort of rangy, softball. Uh, you know, even though Joey Spencer beat him every round, got the shutout. He didn't look the best. I think Joey Spencer at at 19 years old, he's he's got a lot to learn. You know, started fighting at like. Hey, 17, 18 years old. He's he still got a lot to learn, and he he still got a a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Um, I think he, the way they're pushing him, I think they're gonna take their time with him, and that's what they should do. You know, these other guys are uh, Stevenson and um, uh, Haney, uh, Loma, not Lomachenko, uh, Tia Fimo. These guys are all 21, 22 years old. That's two years away for this guy. He still got two years of growth to do, two years of, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, two years of growth, two years of experience that he has before he needs to start doing that. And he doesn't even have to do that. Even my man, uh, Virgil Ortiz, he's, I think he's 20. He might, he might be a little, I think he's 21. I think they're all like 20, 21, 22 years old. So Joey Spencer's young. He's the young guy coming up and they need to take this time. He, like you said, he's got a good look, big guy. He's fast. But he sort of, you know, he does have that Canelo type of syndrome where he's winging punches, throwing big shots all the time. So it seems like he's slowing down and he doesn't fight all the time. He takes time off. So I think he'll grow into that. I think he's trying to figure himself out. And they just need to take their time with him. He's got power. He's got speed. He's got the look. He's got the boxing skill. He just doesn't seem to have – he doesn't have the stamina – at this point in time and the, uh, the IQ of knowing when to throw, you know, throwing every punch doesn't have to be the same speed, the same power, stuff like that, get his combinations up. So, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not unsold on, 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 on Mr. Spencer. I think he will be 
a champion, just like uh, Goosen said on the uh, on the telecast. I think he'll be a champion, but we're looking at another two or three years before he starts to make that big step. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's 19 years old. Let the man grow. He might be he might be like uh you know he might need like like Canelo. He might need 30. He might need 20. 25 fights before he's ready to make that uh that big jump and that's uh you know that could be in another three years and he'll only be 22 years old so you know get him another 12 10 to 15 more fights before he's ready I think it'll take it'll take him a while but you know he's still a prospect of the year PBC is going to be putting that money behind him we're seeing him on TV every it seems like every time he fights he's been on TV well not every time but the last one, two, three, four times he's fought, even before then, out of his ten fights. So they're putting the money against him. They they know what they're doing out there. So we'll see. Um, I think I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm sold on him because he's still got a lot to prove. But I'm still backing him and I'm still following him. And I think eventually he'll be the real deal. Oh man, <clears throat> well. You know, I could see him and Ryan Garcia having a relationship down the road or something like that. That's what I see in his near future. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, Simon, I'm sure Will has been winding me up this whole time here, giving such praise for a guy like Joey Spencer. You started to get on him in the very beginning, and we had to peel back a little bit because we're still on the Elder Alvarez subject. Um, <clears throat> Joey Spencer's always been a guy that I feel like if I got to his weight class, I like my chances. What do you think about Joey Spencer in his early career? Well, first of all, even if I could get to his weight class, I'm not trying to fight no 19-year-old, bro. I'm not a bully like you. But, uh, um, bully. you know, yeah, man, you're talking about fighting a 19-year-old. <laughs> like, come on, man, stop that shit. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, look, the thing about prospects is the best way to judge a prospect is, is two ways. Of course, the performances – and then number two, how are they being moved? And like I mentioned earlier, you could just tell how he's being moved with the whole how he went from back from oh, he went to a six rounder and then went back down to a four and now he's back to six again, where there's some questions, you know. And you know, if you look at the way Tiafimo, Shakur Stevenson, you know Virgil Ortiz, guys like that are being moved, and then you see the way. Joey Spencer, Ryan Garcia, uh, Michael Conlon, those guys are being moved. You know how the promoters, the managers, the people around them feel about them because it'll show by how they're being moved. So with a guy like Spencer, it tells me what I what my eyes tell me, which is he's you know he might be the real deal eventually, but right now he hasn't shown me anything that tells me he's the real deal. Or is going to be the real deal. He's got a lot to show and prove. Because when it comes to his performances, when Virgil Ortiz and all the guys I mentioned were 19, because they were at nine, they were 19 years old at one time also fighting. They were they were getting TKOs and KOs. You know, this guy is going to decisions and having fights where they're questionable. So there's a different level. No, just but, Virgil Ortiz. Um, just huh? Virgil Ortiz was get, only Virgil Ortiz was doing that. Those other guys weren't. Devin Haney or Shakur Stevenson were not getting TKOs. In fact, we were wondering if they had any power. Yeah. They're just yeah. now getting their power. Yeah. 
Tiafimo Lopez was. Uh, Jerron Ennis was. So, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, but but uh, but also those guys were also not getting fights where we we questioned if they won. Gassing out in fights, getting bloody noses either. Like Shakur We don't Stevenson know. They weren't on TV it. at 19 years old. Shakur Stevenson was. What you, now you're just not telling the truth. I mean, go back and look. No, Shakur, Shakur Stevenson's yeah, been on Shakur. TV. Yeah. Shakur Stevenson was on the, TV the other guys. Turn pro. Right, so, you're right. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, and Shakur Stevenson doesn't even get hit, really. So, but, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if yeah, you if we made a list, man. if we all made a list right now, if we all made a list right now of, like, the top prospects in the game right now, right? Not, none of us would have Joey Spencer in our top five. We can make a case he might not even be in our top ten. That's just me being objective right now. I'm not lying right now. I'm just being real. So, you know, but hey, we'll see. We'll see two years from now. We'll see two years from now. Has he shown progression? You know, this and that. But, you know, like Willis said, he uh, he be trying to fight like Canelo a little bit. I think he's a fighter that lacks an identity right now. I think he needs to figure out what type of fighter he wants to be. Then from that, start incorporating the style he wants. I think he's trying too much to be something he's not, then from there, we'll see what he got. But, yeah, yeah, he's definitely got some time and everything. But, I, I mean, P, I mean, the whole PBC thing, I mean, PBC is just one entity. So to say he's PBC prospect of the year, okay, that's cool, but we're just talking about PBC. But nobody believes he's prospect of the year, all, all across boxing. So that's all that matters to me. Yeah, you're right when you – I guess you get they do categorize it in one side of the street, like some people like to say. But um, yeah, and um, Joey Spencer was just uh, uh, one of the one of the two little subjects we're gonna swing around as far as picking up uh, UD victories. Um, <clears throat> the other guy that we were putting in the same mention with him was uh, y'all remember Felix Verdale? Uh Ever since he had that devastating loss to Antonio Torres. Um, you know, very quietly has picked up uh, three wins ever since then, one in 2018, 19, and now 20. So, I don't know, hopefully he'll get another ring again this year instead of going off the the recent of once a year. But, um, you know, ever since Felix Vidal had, uh, what is he getting, a, um, he getting a, a, a bike accident or some shit like that? Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but... We talking about a guy. No, nah, he's a partier, man. He's a partier. Well, well, that was the word on well, him. The word on him was he liked to he liked to have a good time, and it caught up to him. And he did, he liked to have a good time, didn't train a lot. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you, you know, Verdejo was very similar. It's funny that they both fought on the same day, because yeah, that's why I categorize Spencer and Verdejo are like guys where they they got the look of a fight fighter you want to market, but the performances aren't. You know what I'm saying? Or not living up to what yeah. they're trying to market. You know what I'm saying? And it eventually caught up to Verdejo. But like I said, a lot of that had to do with the word around going like he liked to party a lot and this and that and everything not trained. Now, I don't know about that, about Joey. Joey seems like a guy that he does work hard. You know what I'm saying? And um, and he, he stays in the gym. So I can't say that about him. But they're very, very similar guys where, you know, at that point it was top rank 
pushing Verdejo coming out the Olympics. And, you know, at first he was looking pretty good. He had some nice knockouts and everything. Then I started noticing his his performances kind of dip a little bit. He was showing a lack of an extra gear. And then I remember hearing stuff about him not, you know, necessarily training, being the hardest worker, partying a lot. And then all of a sudden he lost. And I was like, I saw, but I saw the decline. Now, I didn't think he would lose to who he lost to and how he lost to. But I started like the the belief in him was going away already. And then he lost or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's very similar guys, man, where like if you're just judging everything off what you see, your eye test, these are not guys that you would rate the highest. But they are being pushed more than guys that are actually better, more talented. It's like Ryan Garcia. Why does Golden Boy pushes Ryan Garcia more than Virgil Ortiz, right? But does anybody have any doubt who's better fighter? You know what I'm saying? That's how it be sometimes. It's when the business get kicked in. The business says we need to push Ryan Garcia more because he has more of a following, more marketable, and all this stuff. But the, the difference is, Golden Boy doesn't need to fix fights to make Virgil Ortiz look good. You know what I mean? Virgil Ortiz is going to look good regardless because he can actually fight. He's actually good. With Ryan Garcia, that remains to be seen. Well, yeah, you got a point there. But, I mean, I'm not going to put it in the same sentence of one, even though you said that Verdeo liked partying, which this could be almost in a little bit of comparison to Earl Spence. Uh, because it was documented yeah. in 2016 that Felix Rodejo had a motorcycle incident where he had got hospitalized in Puerto Rico and suffered head trauma and a number of cuts, uh, but was said to be in stable and condition. Uh, but uh, it said that he uh, was being treated for head trauma and lacerations to the face, head, and his whole left arm, but is in stable condition. Carl Moretti, a top-ranked Felix Rodejo's promoter, told ESPN.com. Uh, that they have him sedated. We're waiting for further details on the condition. There's no other reason, blah, 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 blah. We, it's 2016 news, but what happened ever since that that motorcycle accident happened? And like Simon said about having fun. Well, we might have uh, a little bit of history repeating itself. Hopefully not, me being a Spence fan, but um, we'll, we'll go around that another day. But it's just a fun, it's not funny, but a, uh ironic comparison to young guys who being pushed and marketed well since way more so than Riddell at, at this at their point in time through their career where maybe something has happened that transpired and went to a different route but nonetheless uh, JP um Guinness Verdejo, another guy that uh, picked up a UD victory yesterday just an honorable mention for the W picked up like we had with uh, Joey Spencer your thoughts on Felix Verdejo and you see uh, do you think that he will ever be back in that that life that he once was in uh, and I really was high on Rodejo at a time. He's one of those prospects, you know, he he probably will never be as, I, I don't know, if he even reaches like a the level Victor Ortiz got to when Victor, you know, got himself into a Mayweather fight. Um, I say that just saying like when Ortiz was 19, I looked at him and said, this is the second coming of Chavez. Victor Ortiz at 19 looked that good to me. And the same with, like, a Felix Verdejo. I mean, he looked phenomenal young. when he, And I was like, okay, this is the future of the welterweight division. And I was wrong. So a lot has happened. But kudos to the to the 
to what top rank does with prospects, man. That's that, that's one thing they do, and they do it really well is make a star. Uh, Willa kind of touched on um, Spencer being kind of that potential white hope. We got a white fighter, an American white fighter in today's boxing landscape that no one cares about, and he's damn good. I mean, and it probably doesn't just come off the top of your head, but Caleb Plant <clears throat> is sitting right yep. over there at BBC, and nobody gives a shit about him. He's blue, he has blue fucking eyes. Okay, but he's not. Um, he ain't white. He ain't. He ain't the white guy that they're looking for. Uh-oh. Right. Yeah, what do you mean by Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he Caleb Plant ain't the white guy that we're talking about. Right? <laughs> yeah, he has a little yeah. more fufu flavor than Abercrombie. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Caleb Plant is that John B. Man, Caleb Plant's John B. <laughs> right. You know? See now, but you can get that shit over. I think, man. Now, I know Caleb ain't going to be – Caleb knows he's a white man. I've met Caleb Plant at, um, like, some boxing voice shit I've been to. I've met him. And, you know, he got a, a brother swing to him, but he's hella cool and calm. Like, he is not, like, very boisterous or very charismatic or anything. He's real laid back. So, but I think if you, you put your heads together, top rank would do wonders with fucking Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant would be a boxing star by now if he was at top rank. I bet you that. They'd have put him in with some guys to knock out. He had this slick little style about him. He'd be a boxing star at top rank, but I'm a digress. It sounds like you're sneak dissing um, your, the company that is cutting your check, man. I don't like that. I am sneak dissing them because they have done a terrible <laughs> job. Now, we, we had this same – we said these same things about Errol Spence three years ago. We said top rank PBC haven't fought none of the guys and nobody's a star. Well, that narrative has changed, and but I don't see a change in for Plant. I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with that guy. I don't know what they're doing, so I, I, I'm done. I mean, he's got the big fight with Benavidez. I mean, that's kind of a win-win, to be honest, like for PBC if they ever make that fight because you got the young Mexican fighter versus the, you know, young white fighter. So whoever wins, you know, will be should be a especially if it's a great performance, should be lined up really well moving forward. You know, then shit, they might even fight two or three times, but they gotta make that fight first. But the good thing oh, is P V C has up? You said what? You have David Benavidez coming up? What? I'm not in like not a fight. Yeah, well, I'm saying they're in the same division, you know, and they've been talking about fighting each other and all this stuff. You know, uh, Plant's on the record saying, you know, Benavidez needs to keep his nose clean and all that, and then we can make the fight, So, which I always thought was funny. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, so I think, you know, we'll, you know, that remains to be seen on that, you know, um, situation. But, uh, you know, top rank, I mean, would they have done better with Plant? You know, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, PBC. I, I think they've done. I think I think they've done well with. I mean, they had that issue for a while where they had a lot of guys, but the only guy that was really a star was Floyd. But then once Floyd like left, they had to start like scrambling and figuring out what they're gonna do, and they got Wilder in a good position now. But I think a lot of that was Wilder, man. I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of where Wilder got was his style, which is he knocks people out. He is he speaks a lot. 
you know, and then he's willing to fight people. He's willing to say, no, we're not going to go this route. We're going to make this fight that I want. So I wouldn't say a lot of that had to do with PBC. And then if you're looking at this fight right now, from what I've seen, and you guys could correct me, it seems like ESPN is promoting it more than Fox is. Fox is doing okay, but it seems like more of the push is coming from the, the ESPN side more than Fox, but um, which is the Fury side, which is you know who who Fury signed with. But uh, I, I can't say for sure. I think Plant would be a bigger star if he was with Top Rank, maybe. But uh, I just think it's surprising hearing it from JP because. They might take your benefits away from you, brother. You better keep quiet. Well, man, I see him. Just call him how I see him, man. And top rank is far better uh, creating a star. They, and, you know, that's, that's what that partnership is. No, oh, yeah. History-wise, yeah, no question. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been no – yeah, top rank has stood the test of time. You know what I'm saying? That, that has a long to do with the longevity as far as – you know, when, when he was in when, when Heyman was in music, the music industry, uh, Aram was in boxing. You know what I'm saying? Aram has like thirty years ahead of Heyman. But I do agree, like Heyman, you know, during the whole Floyd time it seemed like their whole focus on pay- making a pay per view star was just Floyd and to keep making fights for Floyd. It didn't really seem like they were trying to push anybody else. But now they got no choice but to push other guys. They're doing like I said, Wilder's got a big pretty big name now. He's going to have a really big name after this fight. Spence was on a good trajectory, but then, you know, he 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 it got stalled out. Now they got to figure out who's next. Maybe it's Plant. Maybe it's, I don't know, somebody else. But, you know, they got to keep it going. I, and I think, like you said, Simon, a lot of them dudes fought their way to this position. Like Sean Porter, nobody has given that dude nothing. We haven't given Sean Porter a damn thing in boxing. Every the, the guy that Sean Porter has become, and I think one of the more endeared fighters, at least to me, you know, I've, I, ne- I was the dude, I told uh, Kenny Porter straight to his face that I thought he was uh, a football player. and um, But the guy has won me over. And it, it's not because he's winning every fight. It's because that he's going after every fight and he's going after it. So, um, But then you got your Keith Thurmans of the world, you know, and, you know, Guys who have gotten over, like some would say Adrian Broner, who probably lives, should be living comfortably, and uh, Danny Garcia. But I, I still like Danny Garcia, and I think Danny Garcia still got some pistols, I mean, some bullets in the chamber for whoever coming up for him. Oh, I take that back, though. You're right. I forgot about Broner. He's so irrelevant right now, I totally forgot about him. They were pushing Broner for a while. You know, he was on his way to becoming a pay-per-view guy. But then he lost Maidana, and then everything kind of messed up after that. So yeah, they were pushing Broner. I forgot about. I totally forgot about Broner. So they did. They did do that. But I just feel like with the people always brag about how big PBC roster is, which it is. It's way bigger than everybody else's for the most part. I think off the top of my head. But you got to do something with that roster. You know what I'm saying? You got to start building guys. You got to start picking guys out and saying we're going to build this guy. We're going to build this guy. You really. They have so many guys. They should be able to build a pay-per-view guy, if that's the model you want to do, in each division. They have enough guys. They can do it. But it's like they're not doing it, and I don't, I don't get why. I don't know if it's a budget issue or whatever, but, I mean, they have the, the type of roster that can do it, but for some reason, man, it's just not happening. 
Yep, and, and I gotta disagree with one thing that you said that, that that they never gave Sean Porter nothing. That might be true to a certain extent, but uh, you know the judges sure to give Sean Porter something against Danny Garcia that happened. That's a whole other story though. But um, anyways, I agree with you guys. Um, yeah, if Caleb Plant decided to switch up his attire a little bit, who knows? But um, good stuff there. Uh, moving hey, on. Well, we hey, just to, before we get off of that, we got to remember they are pushing. They are pushing Tank Davis, and they are pushing the uh, Mel Charlo. So they they're trying to make a few pushes for these guys. And I think we they have a lot of people, but they don't have a lot of people in each weight class. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, they don't have any. I, I mean, light no, I disagree weight. with you. I disagree with you on Tank 100. percent How are you pushing a guy that won his first world title in January of 2017? We're in January of 2020. And he still ain't fought nobody notable. Well, I know they're saying his next fight is going to be on pay-per-view. So they're trying to make him a pay-per-view okay, star well, now. Okay, but – okay, we'll see. Well, if that yeah, happens, you, okay. But, I but don't know who he's going to fight. But. but you have to honestly but, – but you also have to ask yourself that. This, okay, if they're going to – just because you put somebody on pay-per-view, that doesn't mean that they deserve to be on pay-per-view. Now – We'll see who his opponent is and how it does business-wise. But you're jumping from the type of opponents he's been fighting to – and then his last uh, last opponent, which was uh, a guy he was supposed to – it was supposed to be like Julian Williams, a showcase fight, you know, um, and all that. And he didn't look that good. And then now you're jumping into a pay-per-view fight. Now, if it's the right opponent, maybe it's, it's sellable. But I got to see who it is, where where the location the, is going to be, how much is the pay per view going to be sold for, all that. But I disagree on um, I disagree on uh, Tank, uh, Mel Charlo. I think look, man, same with the Charlos. I think the Charlos made themselves notable, man, by the way they be acting. I don't think it's anybody selling them, man. This all they started. If you notice, if you notice the Charlos. For the, when they first started off, a lot of people forget about the Charlos. They were pretty quiet. When, when it changed was when when Charlo fought, and this is relevant, funny to think about it, was when Big Charlo, Simba, knocked out Williams and went crazy after that fight. Then after that fight was when in the press conference when Andrade called him out, and then they got into it a little bit, and then, he, and then Charlo, the other Charlo ran up on Andrade. And then ever since then, after their fights, they've had this chip on their shoulder. They've been running their mouth and all that. But before that, the Charlos were actually really quiet dudes. They kind of took care of business and, and all this stuff. They weren't being pushed. I give – wherever the Charlos end up being in their career, I give majority of that credit to themselves, man. They, they, they kind of busted through the door by themselves with their performances and their quote-unquote antics. I don't think it was anything the PBC – Designed, I think it was something that just stumbled to their desk, and they're just running with it now. Well, look, let me say this. Um, let's not take away, because this, we we discredited Tank for uh, going 12 with a guy and knocking him out. <clears throat> but we, we, we forget that Tank smoked out Pedraza, who was a damn good victory, smoked him, and then Lomachenko after that went 12 with him. So... While we're doing this, we are winning. No, but you're right about that, man, 100%. No, you're right, but this is the problem I have with that. You you take out Pedraza, right? But then Mm -hmm. you have momentum. 
What do you do with that momentum? Nothing. Yeah. That's the problem I yeah. have with it. I'm you know? mad at it. I agree I can't with you 100% that. on that Pajaza stuff. That's something that the Loma fans don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about, hey, man, you struggled a lot with Pajaza, man. You know what I mean? Went mm-hmm. to 12, got, 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 got marked up, got hit a lot. Tanks ran through him. So I agree with you on that. But that was when he won the world title in January 2017. We are in January 2020. He has still not – first of all, the momentum has gone off that. But you yeah. still have not done anything better than that performance ever since. You're 100% right. And I don't believe that there's – I don't believe that he's he, pay-per-view worthy. Just because you stick him there. Now, one could argue when we go back to Floyd, and um, I remember Floyd's first pay-per-view with, uh, was it Baldemir or something like that? I'm not sure who it Gotti. was. It was some... Gotti. Gotti? Okay, see, now Gotti yeah. already had, a, he was already a fucking icon at that time, and and pretty much done as a fighter, and had no chance at that time against Floyd. But, um, but still, he brought tons of notoriety to this fight. Whoever they go fish up for Gravante, this thing is going to replace the, the, the crawford Postal debacle. Because if they don't put a name in there, hmm. this fight is going to do like 50000 or some shit. Because Tank is not pay-per-view. And like Seinfeld, all that steam they had is gone from that. So they're just literally throwing a guy in there. Maybe they're, they're willing to take the dive just to put him on that platform. I don't know. But it doesn't seem unless you get a hell of a name, even if well, you're Leo, yeah. I don't see it breaking the yeah. hundred. Yeah, I think the most rumored one. No, I agree, the, man. One hundred percent, man. About I mean, it's like I just don't see how you make that jump with Tank based off his last couple years. You know, missing weight, getting stripped for titles, his performances haven't been the greatest. You know, the momentum going and all that. You know, with this is the one thing where Spence and his fans are delusional, where they they think that uh, his two pay-per-view fights with Porter and Garcia had nothing to do with Porter and Garcia. No, those guys had a lot to do with it too, man. You know, their name, the, the location of the fights, what they brought to the table, this and that. Like, they brought a lot to the table in that fight too. Yeah, you know, you were the, like, A side and you were the guy that people wanted to win. You know, the business side was on your side as far as they're trying to push you more. But they brought – I mean, I mean, like Porter Spence. If Porter don't fight that way, it's not fight of the year. You see what I'm saying? It's not a fight people want to see again, this and that. Mikey, Hispanic, fights in Dallas. A lot of Hispanics, you know, came and watched the fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like so – but with Tank, it's like, yeah, if you don't get the right opponent, you will get a Crawford post off. You know, you will get a Golovkin uh, Lemieux. You know what I'm saying, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. But hey, man, if that's the case, we'll see. But uh, I, I hadn't heard that, so I was kind of surprised hearing that from Willa. But you know, I mean, if if that's the case, um, you know, you know, he does, he is young, he is talented. But me personally, I would never want to invest in a guy like Tank. He has not shown me the discipline, and. The, the work ethic and just the overall love of the sport and the things I look for in a guy that I want to invest my money in and develop, he just seems like he's more interested in being a celebrity than a great fighter. 
Holly Holmes fight. Right after that, it just started. They started shutting it down. So you you know you got the little chat on the side. Everybody's like, no, no, FBI, they come shut it down. So I turn it. I go back. <laughs> they got another link. It's in some other kind of language. It's in either Arabic or they got it in Spanish or they got it in French or something like that. I just keep on going. So right when the fight, I got the fight. They're walking into the ring. I see him walking into the ring. It cuts off. So I got to go back. I come back. I tried to get it in the link. It's saying bad gateway. So I'm like, oh, they didn't shut it down. When you see that bad gateway, you know, they didn't, they're trying to shut it down. So I go back. They got it in German, bad gateway. I go back. They got it in Arabic, bad gateway. I go back. They got it in English, link one. Bam, press it. It's popped up. It's already over. Quick, quick, uh, quick work of them. So, but I did get to see, you know, then they, then it was smooth sailing from then on. Uh, I got to see the replay. I got to see exactly what happened, man. So, yeah, that's that's my yeah. little story. But, yeah, that was easy, quick work. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of the links that I was trying to watch yesterday weren't working either. But there's this one that I got that uh, you guys should try it out. It's called Crack Stream. Uh, one of my partners has been using that for a while, and that yeah, should work perfect. I think that's illegal to do. So you allegedly – are talking about crack, oh, well, yeah. crack screen. We don't know yeah, anything yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I heard about it, you know, but I never tried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> heard about it. It might be something. That's just what I heard. Yeah, you're right, Willie. You, yeah, yeah, Willie, you're right. Look, man. Um, but, but, uh, Let me say this. Go ahead, JP. Handle. Let me say, I mean, shit, I'm just glad Conor McGregor's back. And I, and I don't have the temperature on how legit or legitimate uh, Donald Cerrone is cowboy. I, I know of him. I seen him beat up a dude not too long ago. I said, damn, this this dude could scrap a little bit. Um, but I don't know how legitimate of a win this is because I don't got the temperature over there for that. Maybe somebody could ask yeah, that. But, but I but I hear he's, he's a good fighter though. It ain't, he ain't, or is that just he on legendary well, status? I mean, you know, you know, folklore. No, nah, I mean, you know, I keep my pulse on UFC here and there, you know, but um, Cowboy Cerrone is a guy who fights legitimately about six times a year. So he's got a lot of miles on, you know? Okay. Okay, so it's not. So then it's, is it not really nothing? Is yeah. I don't think it was uh, legitimate. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good win for Connor, but as far as the opposition, Cowboy Cerrone to me is like a C-plus, borderline B-minus type player. Okay, okay. So then, well, nonetheless, still glad to see Conor McGregor, the character, uh, back in his sport, back looking like, you know, at maybe a weight he should be at. I want to see Conor McGregor win, you know what I mean? But that's the problem. You got that Adrian Broner-type syndrome where you got all the personality in the world. You got everything we need, but you just can't beat good fighters. You just can't beat the guys you need to beat to get you over the hump. And I think that's where we're at with McGregor when it comes to UFC and him being legitimate. Yeah, he's uh, he sure acted like he was back and all that stuff in the mix. But when they asked what's next, usually Conor McGregor says, I want to fight the best dude out there. Jorge Masvidal, he's a guy who's known that started a fight. He's the one who beat Nate Diaz. Uh, but he was, uh, before that fight, he had that flying knee within like five seconds of the fight and starts an old boy out, Ben Astrid. Uh He's the guy who has the BMF title. And then, um, yeah, obviously, everyone wants a Nate Diaz tri- trilogy, or, or we've seen what happened with uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and beat the shit out of him. So when he's asked what's next, 
we're they're never going to look back and enjoy the fruits of their labor. And, you know, that's not the Conor McGregor I know. He's, uh, he wasn't trying to call out no names and anything like that because definitely the guys that are in the top three of whichever, I'm not sure how the classes work over there, but I'm uh, pretty sure they're looking at them like, you know, fresh fish or just looking at them like food, you know? So I think that, that, that uh, Conor McGregor is going to have to pump the brakes on what's next or Dana White's going to have a tough time thinking what's next for Conor McGregor. Because to me, honestly, I've seen Cowboy fight and I've never seen him look that bad. So I don't care, man. I think that the UFC needed Conor back bad and they found the perfect sacrificial sheep who would, uh, you know, open his door to a doorbell and say, hey, what's this, man? And, you know, there's uh, there's some nice gifts that come in those bags. And uh, I know Christmas is over, but not really. I think that Donald Cerrone got paid off. I think he got paid off to look bad, and he looked absolutely bad. We're talking about a guy who's been known to take some pretty good shots. I mean, his durability has been one of his assets in, in, in fighting. And um, you're telling me this guy got stunned by some little fucking shoulder punches or shoulder. He just basically lifted up his shoulders in a clinch and hit him like three times in the nose. And then, you know, did absolutely terrible. He went for that straight down the pipe, missed it completely, but then caught him with a overhead leg kick, which really started to, you know, end the night for him. But to me, it just looked like a guy who got cashed out and, and uh, is really good when it comes to swimming and taking a dive. Simon, you said you seen this fight yesterday, right? What was your thoughts on Conor McGregor? Uh, I just think it was pretty much what you know, what you kind of what you said. I just think it was um, a situation where you know, homeboy needed a W. He ain't had a W in a while, and so it's twenty sixteen. Let's get him a W. Yeah, let's get him a W. Um, it's, I mean, man, it's crazy because I always talk about like losers mentality and all that stuff. And like, you know, USC man, their fans—they—they're all—they're full of losers mentality. Like the way they like were going crazy about him, like coming to the ring and all this stuff, and just pumped for him to fight and all that, and just went crazy when he won in the fight that looked very fishy, to say the least. It's like, uh-huh. you know, you guys, I'm like, damn, dog. You know, it just shows a difference in like sports, like where in boxing. You know, we understand you're going to win and lose fights and stuff like that, but there's a level to your, you know, your losing where where at a certain point we look at the guy like, man, you got to start picking up some W's, man, you know, and all that stuff. With the UFC, it's like they were still treating him like he's that dude or something. It's like, no, you know what I'm saying? It's like he lost to Diaz. <laughs> he did come back and beat Diaz in the second fight, but was very, very close, could have went either way. Got walked yep. down by old man and Floyd after he said the man was too small and too old. Then, you know, lost, got ragdolled by Khabib and all that stuff. So it's like, it's just crazy. But, uh, but you know, the fight, you know, like I said, was uh, just, you know, when a guy is bigger than another guy, you know, he might not have the skills or whatever or this and that, but – when you're bigger, you for the most part you're able to take a little bit more to dish out what you can do, you know what you can bring to the table. But he like it almost seemed like 
he was instructed to, A, don't fight back. It was like, yeah. where was the instinct? Where was the fighting instinct in the guy? To He just covered up the whole time, didn't fight back, you know? And it was like, what's going? I mean, what's going on here? Like, I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, McGregor knock guys out, but usually he knocks guys out that are smaller than him. Guys that are his size or, or bigger than him, they might get dropped or they might get hurt or whatever, but they fight back. So it's not like this dude is dynamite with the hands, you know, or kicking. So yep. I didn't I didn't understand that, but I'm also not a huge UFC guy, so I know a little here and there. I don't know a lot about this shit, so a lot more people could tell me, you know, people that are more experts could tell me, oh, well, you know, Cowboy is this or not this or, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying what I saw and just based off just – you know, unless you are soft or a bitch, whether it's the streets, a boxing match, an MMA fight, when you start getting hit, your instincts tell you to fight back because you don't want to be you're trying to stop somebody from still hitting you. I saw a guy that just let a smaller man hit him and not fight back. And That's ridiculous. When, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make no sense. So, I, but like I said, I don't, I, I'm not a huge UFC person, so I can't tell you exactly what, what it was. But to me, the fight looked like, hey, take this. It's greatly appreciated. This, this will be the best thing for our company. <laughs> if you want to still work for this company, you need to do this. Okay? Damn, All you right. think he took cool. those punches to the head? That's what That was in the plan, a kick to the jaw? Oh yeah, they must have paid a lot of money, dude. Hey, all, all I know is this. Hey, and this is another thing we gotta under you gotta understand about life, my man. We don't. We've all had our ups and downs, right? There's sometimes we might do some shit that we wouldn't regularly do. So I don't know his financials or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But he might have some situations behind the scenes that he needs to take care of. So that money, well, yeah, well, yeah, so makes that's a lot. Why I said that he fights like six times a year. He, he's not making the greatest of money. I mean, he has like GoFundMe yeah. for his fucking camp. Yeah. Oh, so there, 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 well. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there might be some situations where you might do things you wouldn't regularly do. You and know yesterday, what I'm saying? fellas, just to, just to put it in perspective, yesterday, fellas, he took home a whopping two hundred k for a pay per view fight yesterday. Come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I'm just saying that. Okay. Oh, so some shoulder, some okay. These shoulders, these. He said, I was changing levels. I was changing levels with the shoulders. <laughs> okay. Broke that boy's nose. You know. Like okay, so, but he broke his nose, right? But he his nose was broken, but he was still standing up, right? Why didn't you throw back? Why didn't you grab him? Why didn't you knee him? Why didn't you kick? You could have done so many different things. This is MMA. This isn't boxing where there's rule, a lot more rules to what you can do in striking back or fighting back. You were standing up. It didn't, you didn't get hit with a shoulder and went completely down and was knocked the fuck out. My point is when you are <laughs> in the gym, when you are training, you have been doing years and years and years of stuff that become instincts to you, become just muscle memory. I didn't see any of that going back. I mean, returning fire on a guy that is smaller than him. So I'm just saying. But I could be wrong. I don't know much about Cowboy, 
So maybe Cowboy is just a flat scrub and doesn't know how to fight or doesn't know how to fight back when he's getting hit. You know what I'm saying? He might be a Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was that way. You know, Brock Lesnar, he could tackle you. He could, you know, all this stuff. But when you hit Brock Lesnar, you know, he in the fetal position, you know? He don't want none. So that could be the case. But I'm saying, based off the the landscape of the UFC and, and Connor in, in general, it looked like, hey, we need to get this guy a W, and we're going to do anything we can to make sure it happens. Well, you got a, you got a good point there. Brock Lesnar is a big dude. He's been in a fetal position when he does get touched. God damn. Caleb is Scotty. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. I mean, come on, Will. You don't think it's a little funny the guy Cerrone gets gets stunned by three little shoulder bumps? And then, I mean, like I said, man, Cowboy Cerrone's taking some ass beatings in the UFC. I've seen I mean, yesterday was his 14th professional loss. So he, he's taking some beatings. And all of a sudden, yesterday just gets, I mean, annihilated in 40 seconds. Just get wiped out. I mean, when you explain it, it does sound, I mean, it, it can sound fishy for, you know, the skeptical eye, but. He got the way, you know, the way Joe Rogan was talking about it, and Joe Rogan usually sort of keeps it 100, I think, from what I've seen, you know, from what I hear about him. You know, I don't watch that much UFC, but I have probably caught the last couple. You know, he said he's never seen nothing like that before. You know, and Cerrone was like, that caught me off guard. So you get hit hard by a shoulder, you get caught off guard, your nose starts leaking, you might get shot. And then you're trying to back up, and you get hit with a kick. That's all she wrote. Then he started hitting them with them left hands in in the back of the head. I mean, I didn't – the way oh, Willa. it didn't look that fishy to me. But I understand Let's it. Say I mean, you, listen, listen, Willa. Let's say you're in a fight, right, in a street fight or whatever, right, and you guys grab each other, right, and all of a sudden you get hit with a shoulder, right, and you start leaking, or multiple shoulders. We'll say a couple sh- shoulders, whatever. At a certain point, wouldn't your instinct kick in? Like, even though you're leaking, you might, you know, you might put your hand on your ha- nose real quick, real, quick, and be like, "Oh shit!" But then you're gonna start firing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Just fight or flight. I, mean, I feel you. I feel you. But uh, but what if I'm what if I've been washed 14 times before? Then my my, my yeah, you know my my reaction skills <laughs> yeah. my reaction yeah. skills ain't really the same anymore. I'm backing up like, oh no, not this again. And then I get hit hit with a kick in the jaw. Yeah, you that's know? why I, said, I don't maybe, know, man. I don't know all about the UFC and him particular. And like I said, he could be like a Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is bigger, much bigger than you know Cerrone or. You know, Connor or a lot of guys, he's a big dude, right? And we saw one thing about Lesnar, he don't like getting hit. So that might be the case. I mean, remember, Le- I think Lesnar did like a flip when he got hit, like a somersault or something, you know? I remember <laughs> one of his fights. <laughs> you know? So, like, so that could be the case. A lot of UFC fighters don't know how to take a punch, you know, so because <laughs> they're working on so many different things that they don't do enough striking or boxing to, to start um, developing their ability to take shots. Because that's the only way you can do it is by sparring and stuff like, you know, taking shots all the time. So that could be the case. But I, so I'm not, I'm not t- totally ruling it out. I'm just saying at first glance, it looks fishy to me.
No, no I'm right, with you. Right. Uh, this, I don't know if you guys knew I've this. I've seen Cerrone uh, take a better beating than that. Yeah, because uh, I think it's Cerrone's last fight, or it can't be his last fight. It has to be the one before. He, he, I don't think he could get this fight coming off of a big L. But um, I think in um, – what was it? Well, I don't know if you remember seeing this or something, but it was when Cerrone had like uh, – he had a broken nose or, or something to the extent of is the area around his eye socket where he blew his nose in that area, and then it just, like, completely swelled up like crazy within, like, a minute. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it it, it, it was one of his fights where um, the, the injury that he sustained, medically speaking, you, you're not supposed to blow your nose in that, that side of the injury. Otherwise, it will... Uh, it, it it will uh, bring it out in an inflation type of a way, and so Cerrone was getting his ass beat, and he blew his nose and it fucked up his eye, and they had to stop the fight because of it. So he can take a punch because you're, hey, you're not off. Cerrone, Cerrone's yeah, coming off three losses, so yeah, they just put him in there to get worse. <laughs> I'm just looking at you know I had no idea, but yeah. Well, no, he's coming off of two losses. He lost to Tony Ferguson and he lost to somebody else. So yeah, yeah, he's just coming. In. He's coming off two losses and got and, and taking them L's. He lost his last fight yeah. in the first round. He got punched to uh, TKO by punches. Doctor stoppage to Tony Ferguson. So that that might have been the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about right there. I mean, he's taking some ass beatings is what, basically where I'm getting at because you're right on what the Brock Lesnar shit time because there was reports from – or not reports, but it was on podcasts from people who were in the know of Brock Lesnar's camp. And when you spar with them, they said that someone actually, like, you know, gave him a real punch and sparring. And Brock Lesnar and his trainer were like, hold up, man, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to hit me like that. Like, Brock Lesnar, like, does not like getting hit at all, like, even in his sparring sessions. You could, you had if you're gonna hit him in the face, you gotta give him like a fifteen twenty five percent of a punch. He does not like. He got really really pissed off when when dudes actually hit him anything more so than fifty percent in sparring. So Cowboy Cowboy he's, he's the opposite of that. Like you know he he says that you know he he loves going to war. So that's what makes the the, the skeptical eyebrow be raised so much for me uh, in that fight yesterday against Conor McGregor because that's not the guy that I've been accustomed to seeing. You know, Cerrone's had some. Um, I can't remember exactly which win it was, but I mean, he's he's had a a badass five punch combination with uh, two kicks to the body in 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 the same sequence. He's shown that he could be a badass fighter, but a real true mixed martial artist. But yesterday, he just. I mean, look, man. If that's how he's gonna fight yesterday, let's just be honest. I'd kick Cowboy Cerrone's ass right now. Now, Willis. No, I don't think so. But who knows, man? You know, hey, these guys are fighting. Uh, these guys are fighting. Come on now. Hey, Cerrone's got skill. I mean, I don't think he's a bum. Um, like he's coming off. He's coming off a two L's, and he got work last night. I don't think it was. I think they just put him in there. I think you know it. W- for it to be the fishiness is that he coming off a two L's to fight a big fight like this. I think they put him in there to get beat. He knew he was going in there to get beat. But I don't think there was any kind of dive that was taken. You know what I'm saying? I think he trained hard. I think he went in there to to try to, you know, pull the upset that was going to be hard to pull pull off. But he just got his, you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
what you said, okay, you said it wasn't a dive, but he knew he was going in there to get beat. <laughs> I don't explain that. <laughs> you yeah, gotta explain like, that for me. It's like okay, it's like it's like the uh it's like Arizona playing Seattle in in what you call it. You know you're going in there to get beat, you're gonna try your best, but you're gonna lose. And it's not like you're not trying. You know, you're just going to lose. So, you know, they were like, hey, you want to take this McGregor fight? He's like, damn. Whew. Y'all put me up against McGregor? Damn, all right, go ahead and put me in there. You know, like that. Like, damn, you know, hey, I'm going to have to be the best of my best to do this, and he's going to have to make some mistakes for me to win, you know. But I'm going to take this money, and you know, something like that. You know, you, you know, you, you know the chances are high that you're going to lose. Just like in any sport, it's nothing new. There's all the time when the Lakers are playing New Orleans. New Orleans is going in there knowing they're going to lose, more than likely. But they're going to try their hardest to get the W. But if they lose, but they're going to say, the, hey, you know, like the Rockets last night. Rockets knew they were going to lose to the Lakers. <laughs> no, the Rockets and then you got the Orlando Magic. That's, that's why we were up in the, second half, in, the, in the first half. But then, you know, we went like one for 19, shooting threes. And then that was a wrap. Uh, okay. Hey man, I just want Willa to put. I've seen RC on uh, Twitter shoot really far three pointers and look away before they go in. I've seen RC what looks to be five Thank seven you. or under grab the rim, and so those things I'm very impressed by. So Willa's gonna have to start putting some respect on RC's physical prowess. I've gathered you, over baby. time now. That that Willa doesn't have a lot of respect for RC's physical prowess. No, I, that's not. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with I'm not going <laughs> to say he's going to whip some professionals' ass. That's you know that's his size. <laughs> Why not? RC feels he's a full middleweight. He weighs one sixty. <laughs> hey, you know I think yeah these guys. Hey, it's going to be hard to be the guy that's training his whole life because RC, you're not trained at going to the ground. All they got to do is scoop you up. <laughs> And, and put you down, especially if he's your size. Now, little guy, a guy that ground, can't baby. just scoop you, that, that's, that's something different. But a guy your size, I, you know, I'm just putting more respect on the professional's name. That's it. I'm not disrespecting R.C. He's a monster. Uh, he he, he might be a monster it. to the regular man, but he's not in there practicing judo and wrestling. He might get surrounded. Now, Willa is a self-proclaimed animal. The self-proclaimed animal of the team. I was. You know, hey, I'm not an animal anymore, dog. I done lost like 15 pounds, dog. I'm not. I'm not the animal no more. That's why I ain't even said nothing about it, dog. I got to get my get myself back together. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Yeah, I remember when Willie told me do what Cerrone uh, did yesterday. Come on now. Uh, I know. I remember, remember Willie told me uh, Deontay Wilder's too small for him. I was like, wow. <laughs> like yeah, that was, said, yeah. will it get to come to come to uh, come to grips with reality as of yet when it comes to, <laughs> to the fight game in personal? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, Wilder would kill me in the ring. Ain't, ain't no doubt about it, dog. But uh, yeah, and probably right now in the street fight, dog. You know, that's a little different. He's a little skinny in the legs. You can scoop that guy. That's the difference. In, you know. Oh, you gonna wrestle? You gotta know how to scoot. Wilder's my you side. Wilder was my side. Look, you say while what? that may be true and I'm a lot heavier than Wilder, dude, 
Deontay Wilder fuck around and hit you without no glove on, your brain might fly out your head. It so might. So I'm not fucking with him. Oh, I wouldn't do it. No, definitely not. No, yeah. Deontay Wilder hits you, you're probably you're out of there. Ain't no doubt about it. With no glove, yeah. You might be dead. What, what, what about you, son? What about you, son? You like to do the bully aspect sometimes. Do you think you'd be able to land or be able to hang in the ring with the, or hang in a fight with a guy like Roman Chaco Tito Gonzalez? Uh, I mean, come on, man. That's what? What is he? 115 pounds? It's just come on, stop that. Stop that shit. Leave that alone. <laughs> I'm not even gonna speak on it. I'm not a bully. I know. I'm I know Willow would fight like three of those. Boss, you up, boss, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-bullying, man. I don't, I don't speak on stuff like that. I see the one talking about, oh, Mikey Garcia too little. Uh, 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 Figueroa too little. I don't be saying stuff like that. That's not me. <laughs> hey, man. Well, let's just say, um, you know, you know, I've, 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 I've been in the, I've been in wrestling in school and things like that. So I think I'd do pretty good if it came to the ground with anybody. That's just me. And I got a guy like Janelle I could work with, too. So he could he could uh, show me how to sharpen up that figure four leg lock. But, hey, man, that's neither near, here nor there. The final subject of the day, which is something I'm pretty sure none of us would disagree with, unless you're a diehard Manny Pacquiao fan. Um, Fighter of the Decade got announced, and it was given to one Floyd Mayweather. Uh, as a surprise to no one, that's who it should have been. Um, but, you know, the, the Pacquiao fans will, will dispute that until the end of time. Um, what is it? I think uh, was it? Well, I, I've been hearing about Pacquiao um, being the first fighter ever to hold a, a championship in four different decades. He had uh, won his first title in '98, then 2000s, then 2010, and he's currently a champion right now in 2020. So I've heard a lot of that argument by the uh, Pacquiao fans out there. Uh, but we'll all start off with you and swing it around to the guys. Um, you surprised by this at all, or do you think there's any sort of dispute for anyone else? I mean, the only anyone else could probably be Manny Pacquiao, but uh, your thoughts on the Fighter of the Decade Award being handed to Floyd Mayweather? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question to me. Floyd Mayweather was the biggest thing in boxing uh, in the 2010s. Um, yeah, big wins, Pacquiao, uh, even the McGregor fight, big, second biggest pay-per-view in the game. So, yeah, man, uh, I don't know what the question the question was. I don't know. Uh, Manny Pacquiao is a close second. You know, he did his thing out there, especially ending the year off with a uh, ending the decade off with a belt over, you know, an undefeated fighter, an undefeated young champion. In fact, uh, once a uh, unified yeah. champion. So that was a good way to end the year. Uh, I saw. You know, I I don't know. You know, you're saying fighter of the year, like Simon said uh, about uh, you know prospect of the year. This is just one you know, one entity that is uh, saying that. Because I thought I saw something where some somebody was saying that Ward was. I think uh, somebody put that post on there. I think it might have been JP put the post that Ward was their fighter of the year and they had some good cases. Oh, yeah. Uh, Canelo, Andre Ward is doing it for himself to be <laughs> in, the, in the discussion. Oh, yeah, I believe Sports Illustrated had Ward as fighter of the decade, and I believe the Boxing Writers Association had Floyd. Uh, you know, but hey, I mean, the way I look at it is very simple. Like, um, you know, when you if you argue Manny, okay, he lost 
three times in the decade. No, four, well, four times on the record. We know one of them with the Bradley was not, uh, you know, you know, right, legi- right. you know, legitimate. Like as far as yeah. that, but he got knocked the fuck out. Okay, then he lost his biggest fight of the decade for him, which is Floyd. Then, if you want to argue Canelo, he lost the biggest fight of the decade for him, which was Floyd. So I don't, I don't see how you can argue either of them. If you want to argue Ward, Ward has more of a case because of what he did, you know. Uh, but you know, winning the Super Six and also, you know, going up to seventy-five, you know, becoming champion there and all that. But I think, but I still would favor Floyd, you know, uh, all the way on that one. But um, so you know, I, I think, I think, I think we know what's. Re- I think, I think we know what's really going on. The people that believe otherwise. You know, they think it's, you know, Manny Pacquiao or this and that. You know what I'm saying? But, but um, yeah, man. You know, I don't like Floyd. You know what I'm saying? I respect him. I respect his abilities and stuff. But you can't. And, but I'm never gonna take away from what you've accomplished. And he was the fighter of the decade, whether you like it or not. And this is how you know a lot of people are like, just got into boxing. I was arguing with some people about it, and they were like, "Oh, but he beat Cotto. He beat uh Gallo. I'm like, "Dude, that was last decade, dum dum." So. <laughs> this decade, you know, so like they don't even yeah. know when he beat these guys. They just got started getting into it and got word of mouth. Oh, he beat this guy. He beat, and I'm like, man, get out of here, man. So you're talking from this this last decade, no question. Floyd Mayweather was fighter of the decade. It's that simple. Yeah, JP, your thoughts on it? I think you can argue definitely Manny Pacquiao uh, just on accolade. Now, of course, those there's those asterisks by that, and that's a whole other thing. But based on accolade alone, I mean, there's nobody close to Manny Pacquiao. And I don't really even care to be talking about eight divisions, which is beyond the reasonable realm. If you want to legitimately talk to me about that, man, I can't fuck with you. But, you know, um, but the guy is still here today and things like that. And, um, but... I think, you know, many But Pacquiao's that's not the decade. Yeah, if you want to say fighter of the past four decades, you're right, 100%. Yes, he is. But we're just talking well, about see, I don't know years. what the qualifier – I don't know what the criteria is. You know what I mean? I don't well, know what the, the criteria, criteria is. You, from basically from that year to the end of the decade, from the first year of the decade to the end of the year decade, who did the most? Who accomplished the most? Who was the best fighter? And if you go off this last decade – he lost, you know, he lost, like I said, those times, lost to Horn. A fight, you know, like I said, could have went either way. I don't think there was no robbery there. I don't give a damn what nobody says. He was getting pushed around like a rag doll. He had a good little comeback at the end, but he couldn't get it, you know, he couldn't stop him. He had a chance to, but didn't do he it. He still got the W. The, I think he should have got the huh? W in that. But, look, I, yeah, but it was so close. Was it about I don't think it was accomplishment or, or guys you beat? Huh? It's about what you did. Is it about accomplishments? I'm saying you have to take the whole thing into account. You can't just say, yeah, he's got some wins, but he also got some losses. You know what I'm saying? And his, like so, I said, he lost his biggest fight of the decade, which was Floyd. Canelo lost the biggest fight of his decade, which was Floyd. Floyd. Now, Floyd took care of his business in those fights. Fights that people said he would never take, and he was ducking, and he'll lose, and these guys are too strong, and this and that. So... You know what I mean? But 
to me, it's, I mean, it's no question. Say, within this decade, if we're talking about accomplishments, Manny Pacquiao fighting in the 147 division, you know, being his eighth, uh, you know, division, you know, that's what's 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 really better than that. That's a, such a huge accomplishment. That yeah, but but, but never, my point is, nobody can think about in doing that division. It. His best weight wins in that division were in the two thousand divisions, though, which was. But it's. Yeah, but but the, I mean that's so. But, well, no, his eighth division was actually the fake the fake title with Margarito, which they stripped Sergio Martinez, made it a vacant title at 150 pounds, and then it was him and Margarito, which was you know. But his seventh title, his seventh weight class was 147, but his best wins at 47 was, uh, you know, you could say, you could say his three best wins at 47 were in no particular order, De La Hoya, Cotto, and probably Thurman. So one of them was this decade. But you know what I mean? Um, he lost to Floyd, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I just don't see how – and, he and like, he has other losses too. I mean, we, like I keep trying to say, we got we to gotta, we gotta be more focused on winning, man. Like winning matters, man. You know, we can't just – you know, I mean, he lost – he lost. So here's, here's, he lost. here's the point, though. I, I, I'm, I agree. So here's the point. I agree because I don't entirely agree that it's all about wins and losses because Sugar Ray Leonard had losses. You know, and Sugar Ray Leonard was undoubtedly, you know, the fighter of the 80s. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you had guys like Hagler and Hearns around. But, it, and you know, it's not all about wins and losses. I think there's other things that go into it. But I'll give it to Floyd Mayweather for more than wins and losses just for being that torchbearer. Man, I mean, he took the torch from Oscar De La Hoya and then took boxing back to, um, like, pay-per-view status to where boxing stopped for – the world stopped for a night, it felt like, on, on some of the Floyd pay-per-views over the few years, um, to watch boxing. And whether it was under a negative connotation of Floyd kind of being this hip-hop villain kind of or whatever it be um, – people were more in awe of his skill and his ability to not get touched. And that's why I really give it to Floyd because he and Manny Pacquiao achievements upon achievements and da 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 and they'll go down as probably somewhere in the top ten all time. He's a living legend. Last dude you'll see with seventy fights. But um he kinda clout chased Floyd. And let's be honest about it. He a lot of you know, his main popularity came from the talks of him and Floyd, that marination of that whole thing. And in a fight he could probably never win the whole time and everybody knew that. So but I'll give it to Floyd. No, not that, everybody because only people that never won a fight before in their life or don't know shit about boxing. Yeah. And but I'll give it to Floyd just for that fact because he he, he put boxing, you know, he, he was the undoubted Torchbearer. We really don't have a guy carrying the torch right now, but Floyd was that guy. He took pay-per-views to numbers we haven't seen and don't look like we're going to see again. So Floyd gets it for that for me. But what I mean by wins and losses, I'm not saying like I get. I, I said it earlier about you know Williams and all that stuff. I get it. You're going to lose. You know, I'm not. What I mean is like when you're talking about guys like Floyd and Ward who don't have a loss on their record in the decade, that should outweigh people that did lose. You know what I'm saying? Because let's say Floyd would have lost and Ward would have lost, then to me the discussion becomes more 
you know, closer. You know what I mean? But I just feel like if you have a loss, definitely if you have multiple losses, which Manny did, I don't know how you could say he's fighter of the decade over somebody that didn't lose in the decade. You know, that's the that's the point I was trying to make. But yeah, I get it. You're gonna lose in boxing. I'm I'm I don't doubt. I mean, if that was I don't think if that was the case, then that means I would I would consider Floyd the greatest fighter of all time, which I don't. So I get exactly. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ali, yeah. we've seen Ali get smoked and dropped, and you know, and the, the, the what made Ali the greatest is not the wins. It's the comebacks, actually. So, yeah, man, you know, it's all a few things into it. Most definitely. We all know Floyd is a man who um, sold perfection in that aspect of not having to worry about a comeback. But then you could go to uh, areas of perseverance where when Simon was talking earlier about guys who get cut in panic or get cut and fight like a dog, when Floyd got cut by Maidana, yeah, you know, he seemed mentally weak when he was being it, uh when the cut was being attended to by Rafael Garcia, RIP. Um, who did a really good job on it, but after they came out of that round, fought like a dog. So, you know, in those those instances, I send a group message. I send our group message right now, the infamous group message that we have. Uh I don't follow Floyd Mayweather, but someone had sent it to me. Um, Floyd Mayweather already campaigning for Mayweather McGregor two after yesterday's performance thirteen hours ago posted by Floyd Mayweather. <sighs> we can't. We can't and uh, another thing about Pacquiao that we that needs to be said is, like, okay, oh. you brought up the Maidana fight, right? So very quest, you know, could a, very questionable fight. You know, I thought Maidana won a lot of the early rounds. Then in the later rounds, a lot of those punches Floyd started seeing better catching the shots and stuff, so they were missing. They were looking like they were touching him, and then Floyd started, like you said, he started fighting more back, you know, pushing Maidana back, making it in the middle of the ring, going to his body. So the fight was close, you know, could have went either way or whatever, right? But Floyd came back and rematched him, right? So Ward Kovalev, you know, questionable fight, controversial. He came back and fought him, won, won the fight, stopped him, right? So this is what needs to be said about Pacquiao. For all this greatness and all that, and we get it, he is a living legend and all that, whether you think, you know, other things had a lot to do with why, he's, you can't deny his accomplishment. But this tells me a lot about his fighting character. Why didn't he rematch Jeff Horn? Why? Why not? You because he beat Jeff Horn. That's just a waste of time. He did not beat Jeff Horn, dog. You guys, oh, my, oh my God, dude. Okay. Now okay. we're gonna question Manny Pacquiao's fight. Okay, that's that's so, why. I so okay, so you say that right? So you say that right? You just caught yourself, my man. You said oh. he did not fight Jeff Horn because he beat him, right? So why did he fight Tim Bradley twice after? Because he was trying to prove to everybody that he could beat the brother. Oh, oh, so he's trying to prove that he beat Bradley, but he didn't want to prove that. No, the fact matter no, no, is, no, no, he was no, too no. small. No, 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 he was proof. too little. Not- he realized oh, no, no, no. he's been struggling with me. that type of style since the early uh-uh. 2000s, brother. Go, no, go back and watch Agapiki Sanchez fight. Spirit. No, son. He, he didn't fight. He's the king of rematches, bro. He is the king son. of rematches. He fights everybody son. multiple times. Nope, son. Here's he didn't fight one. Here's the thing. The the the, 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 the skeptics out there prior to the Mayweather fight with Manny were saying that, oh, Manny can't. He can't fight the brothers. 
but that's why he, uh, you know, he he uh, he fought Bradley as much as he did, and they they said Mosley wasn't enough, so that's why he fought. Dog, Bradley. he fought Bradley after he lost to Floyd. So, okay, that okay, that would make it makes no sense, but it would make a little bit of sense if he was trying to do that, take care of it before he fought Floyd. No, he went back and fought Bradley again after Floyd. So that makes no sense. All I know is this: he's fought Morales multiple times. He fought, uh, 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 dude. He fought Marco Marco Antonio Barrera twice after destroying him. He fought, um, you know, Marquez four times. Brad, and then all of a sudden, this dude, who you know, if you look at his style, Manny Pacquiao never liked, never struggled, always struggled with rugged dudes, you know, and all that. So this guy pushing him around early. You know, beating him up, man. He started getting his stuff together a little bit. You know, had a one good round. It's funny, Manny Pacquiao. This is when you know a, a, a guy gets you know uh, special treatment when you have a big round and they act like it's a carryover round. No, that was that one good round. That doesn't that doesn't give you them other rounds. Explain those other rounds. But anyways, he had a rematch clause. Did not exercise it. A guy that always exercises rematch clauses, and. He didn't go back and take care of the business. So to me, that told me a lot, right? That he knew that Horn was a tough fight for him because he was too small, too little for Jeff Horn with that type of style in his chest, pushing him around. I don't know, man. He didn't do it. Yeah. I don't give you credit for not doing stuff. You guys, but, but I know how you guys are. You guys, a guy, guys like you are this. Got fighters you like, you will only admit they like lost if they get knocked. If you get if you get knocked the fuck out or you get washed. Any type of fight that is somewhat close, you guys always act like the guy you like won. Not the case. He showed his true character. He didn't want to fight Jeff Horn. Terrence Crawford took care of it and showed he ain't that strong. He ain't that big. He could be taken care of, nah. and he's not that. He's, he's okay. He took care of it. Easy. So, but yeah, back all I know is this. The ghost from Floyd went back. And, Floyd didn't have to get Maidana. Floyd didn't have to go and do it, but he did it because he felt like he had to. He wanted to. It was, you know, same with Ward. But Pacquiao didn't want to go fight a guy like Jeff Horn. Come on, dude. Stop that shit. Jeff Horn wasted everybody's time, bro. Everybody knows it. Come on. I mean, w. <laughs> w. Wasted w. everybody's time. That's Did Marquez waste everybody's time when he kept wanting those rematches, eventually knocked him the fuck out? Well, you know, and two two to three, Pacquiao got three. Z's, homie. Z's. Remember that. He got slept in that decade. No, what I do remember from that night is back me like a motherfucker. So, yeah, you know, maybe he stopped at the same taco shop that Canelo did. I don't know. Hey, maybe. You didn't get this hey. out of your heart, son. You always bring up Pacquiao. No, you guys are just fanboys, man. You, you got to let it go. Saying. Every time a fight, you did it with Broner. You guys kept doing it with Broner. Broner, all these close fights Broner had. Oh, he won this fight. He Who won that you guys? fight. But, but, but eventually, you know, he, was, he started getting washed, and there was nothing you guys could say. Who is Ponte guys? I'm confused about that part. Granados. Uh, uh, fucking other fight he had. Like, always acting like he won these fights. And then guess what? Pacquiao washed him. Porter washed him. But he got the W, Mikey right? Mikey Garcia washed him. Huh? But the, the yeah, record what? says W, right? So he did win the fight. Just like Horn no, won. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You got, I'm saying you guys can't admit shit. It's all good. It doesn't matter. He got enough losses on the table, so I'm good. I'm good with it. <laughs> Who are you how guys? Many, how many losses he got now? How many losses he got now, RC? He's a retired fighter. He don't even fight no more. 
So you're talking about Yeah, I bet he did with all those damn lobbies. We got less than many. But yeah, what are we talking about here? This is coming. Hold on. This is coming from a guy who thought that Pauly Malignaggi beat Adrian Bronner. Stop it, Simon. Just stop it. No, I didn't say he beat him. I said the fight was close, and I stand by that. So Bernard Hopkins was not and whoever else broadcast that night said it was close too. But you're talking about a nigga that's a screw. Why are we talking? You are a fan of a nigga that can't fight. Who who's a, who has no skills? Like I told you, he had no skills. <laughs> so don't forget that. Four top four division don't champion. That. Don't, don't forget, forget that. that. No skills. Like I said, I said it when I said it when he was undefeated. And y'all thought he was the next Floyd. Don't forget that. It's all on record. Go check the archives. We got archives. We got archives. And I don't know anybody said the next Floyd. So you stop. You're just, you're just, you're doing a little too much. I'm right not going to say no names, Nobody but I know two people for sure that said it. And it's on the archives. Oh, yeah? Were those two people who you, you know where they're from by any chance? <laughs> well, no, I'm not told you. No names, man. But like, but I no said, names. I'm just saying location. Tease. Go go check the archives. You'll see, man. Back around 2012, I think 13 around there, when everybody was jumping on the the you know, when he was acting like Floyd, talking like him, stuttering like him, trying to act like he was fighting like him. Hey, it's all on there. People said on the record he was going to be the next Floyd, and we all saw what happened there. So I was a hater. <laughs> I was a hater. How do you, how you say you have no stop. skills, bro? How do you have no skills? Oh, okay. I guess I was hating. <laughs> There you go, Sam. There you go. All right, man. You know that. That's no all we skills got of the that. decade, Adrian Broner. Stop it! Stop that! Stop it! Don't do that! Don't do that. Well, man, we went overtime. We went a little bit overdrive since you want to talk about where we came from back then. But uh, ten minutes over, man. I think that uh, we're gonna wrap it up for the day. I think uh, gonna get ready to watch this first game. Um, anybody got some uh, quick predictions? I know we're not gonna break it down the way we do over at the heavy-handed edition on the New Sports Center with my man JP hosts the Relatively Black and Fat Podcast, which is one of my favorite shows. Can't wait till we can get all up on there one day. Um, but today we got KC against Tennessee and San Francisco Green Bay. For me, I got KC, and uh, I got KC in San Francisco. Um, I think that there's no fucking way in hell, God's green earth, water will rise, and it just it's impossible. It's fucking impossible for Tennessee to beat Kansas City. So whatever it is, if you guys are anybody near Vegas or someone in the Caliente down south, put all the money you have, the kids' tuition, all of it, put it on KC. You'll win a little bit back, but you won't have to worry about losing it all. Yeah, KC this coming from the guy that said Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes ain't that good and that you don't like him. I don't like him. I'll take every. I'll take Dak Prescott over over Patrick Mahomes. So, I just don't like Why him. I got to take a shot at uh, Dak Prescott. What, what, what's your issue with Dak Prescott? Well, well, you're the one who called Dak Prescott a coon for Jerry Jones. So what are you talking about? What's your problem with Dak Prescott? Yeah, and I, and I stand by my, what I say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. You can't call another black man a coon just for working for a white man. That's wrong. What's your deal with no, that? No, that's not the reason why. I didn't say that. See, now you just now you twisting my words around. What I said was he was acting a certain way to try to get himself a contract. And we know what's oh, going on. And the point thing is, he still ain't got the contract. Don't get me going. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're getting wound up. Well, who you got for today's games? I'm telling you, brother, if you know anyone or you, you're trying to bet on 
on on those online deals. Put everything you got on on KC because Minnesota or um, Tennessee is not going to win. They're not going to cover the spreads. It's not even going to be close. KC is going to beat the shit out of them. Guaranteed. I'm taking. I'm taking. If we're ta- if we're talking spreads, uh, I'm taking Tennessee. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm even going to just go ahead and say Tennessee is going to get this W. Already beat them this year. What? Uh, Henry. Henry's at Henry's at his top notch. He's running for another 180 today. Uh, you oh, know, man. I might hit you up. <laughs> we got another. We got another prediction from Willa. Hey, Willa. <laughs> yeah. No, Willa, go for the two bills. Willa, Willa, go on the record. He might hey, this time. He might go for two bills. I think. I mean, he's at least minimal 185. That's what I'm gonna say. At minimal, he's going for 185 oh, in, in about an hour. And then probably, even though I hate to say it. San Francisco is probably going to beat up on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know. So, yeah, I'm going with the Titans and the 49ers today, man. I'm going with KC and San Francisco also. But, you know, this is football, and usually in situations like this, it never go as planned. You know what I mean? This isn't the NBA where we kind of know what's going to happen because the stars are on the show. Um, so, um, but I do, I do want the Titans to win. I do want the Titans to win, but I got to go with KC for the reasons we all know why, but, um, just something tells me that I don't know which one, but it's just something tells me that maybe, you know, you know, that it's not going to like, like Willow was saying where, you know, it, it could go the other way or something like that, but I don't know which one I can't call. If, if I had to choose which one would pull the upset, I'm not totally sure because on paper, it says it should be Kansas City, San Francisco. But we know football's crazy, man. It, nev- it usually never goes as planned, man. So I can't call it. Uh, I agree with him about I think Henry will still have a big game. I don't know about two bills, but, man, dude, I mean, I he be making guys make business decisions, man. Oh, man, Earl Thomas, man, you know, when I've seen him for years. He always had no problem taking big hits on big dudes. Remember he made a, late, made a big hit on Rob Gronkowski? years ago and like injured him so he's never had a problem taking on a big dude he made a business decision against Derrick Henry so that told me a lot you know about the way Henry is right now but uh yeah man I think it should but I think I think both games should be good though I don't I, I don't know I don't know if I see a blowout you know in either game do you do either y'all think it's going to be a blowout in either game no comment Casey, um, Casey's gonna beat the shit out of me. Go ahead, JT. Uh, I'm gonna just say that uh, I got the the tech the, the Titans beating KC today. Um, oh man! You know, we all yeah, we all know what Henry's capable of and will likely do, but I think we'll see that wrinkle in the game we haven't really seen, and we'll see Ryan Tannehill, uh, who dropped some some fucking dimes last week, man. Um, and that surprising um, receiving core over there in Tennessee, I think that'll be the uh, surprise for the day, along with some Derrick Henry. Um, I think you can game plan for what KC is going to do a little better than you can um, because I think Tennessee will bring out that passing game. Of course, I'm probably going with um, Hmm. San Francisco, but I want Green Bay, man. I want Aaron Rodgers to be the magic man again and, See the double, the double discount, whatever the fuck he does, that double check thing, and I, I want mm-hmm. Rogers, you know, just for all the, all the story type reasons, all the Disney type stuff. So, 
Uh, I'm I'm taking Tennessee and San Francisco, but I'm going for Green Bay. I'm going to make a call if I'm going to church or not, man. If not, we're going to throw the show on, man, and we can really dive into some of these topics we got in the sports world. So I'm going to let y'all know in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. But JP, uh, blowout. Do you, do you do you see a blowout in either game? Um, now I actually can see KC blowing the doors off of Tennessee, blowing the fucking doors off of them if they get hot. But um, I don't think that there's a potential for that. But in e- either game, the blowout I see uh, most likely to be KC blowing out Tennessee, and I could see a um, a possibility where San Francisco could just blow the doors off of um, Green Bay. I believe Green Bay should, should be, you know, have game plans. We've seen San Francisco kind of do the same thing week in and week out. They attack the edges with the rushing game, and they make some big plays in the passing game um, here and there. It doesn't seem like it's too overwhelmingly complicated because they've been pretty consistent doing what they do, if, if I'm not wrong, R.C., what do you think? I think one of these games will be a blowout, and that'll be – well, I'll just leave it at that. I think one of them will be a blowout. But I will say this. All you guys, like Simon like say you guys, keep an eye on the officiating in both these games because the NFL 100th season, the first ever Super Bowl, Kansas City, Green Bay, both guys with State Farm, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers – uh, the old gunslinger against the young gunslinger. Uh, I smell, I smell. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's me or it's a conspiracy, but I got my skeptical eyebrow raised on both. Oh no, man! When it comes to know. officiating, I think, hey, I think you're hedging. I think, I think RC might be nervous, man. I think he's nervous. Oh, I am. Just, be, I'm keeping an eye on these refs. I'm keeping an eye on these refs, man. I know what the NFL wants to do. And uh, I'm just a little, I'm just a little worried about about how officiating is going to go into these games because I know what the NFL wants to do, and images everything. Not a bad Want to go back? Not a bad you know, keep an eye on the refs. These, these both these games, guys. I'm just saying. And I disagree with JP on like uh, San Francisco. I think San Francisco, to me, has shown the most versatility. To me, Shanahan, he kind of coaches a little bit like Belichick, where he kind of goes at the weakness that he feels you have. Because I've seen him throw it, like, throw it 40-plus times with Jimmy G, but i also seen him run it 40 times, like last week. So I think he's a – I think he kind of, you know, the 49ers are a little bit kind of, you know, chameleon. They kind of adjust to the opponent they have. So, um, I, yeah, I think they probably show the most point. versatility. Uh, but – Definitely. Um, but you, think, if you if you like – like similar to the Cowboys, and I'll compare it to the 49ers, you want to take the run from them. That's what you need And then you make Garoppolo, Garoppolo like you make Prescott win the game. And we oh, don't know if he can do that yet. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a turnover. I think Garoppolo, you know, he's good and stuff, and uh, and uh, but I think he's a guy that potentially – with the, the right pass rush, if you take the run game away, we could see interceptions in bunches, man, with him. Because to me, I feel like he just throws it up a lot of times, you know? And, and I think that's the only way they have a chance of winning. I think the only way Green Bay can win, they have to get minimum two turnovers today. If they, don't get, if they get no turnovers, no chance. 
They're going that will be a blowout. But if they can get two turnovers or more, they will have a chance of winning this game. All right, all right. That's a good point by Sam too. The, the Kyle Shanahan sometimes tends to kind of like inner Belichick. I believe uh, I can't remember exactly what game it was uh, middle of this year, but uh, you know Derek Coleman had uh, I think he had three touchdowns in one game, and then the very next game he had like less than five touches. So it's all about styles and how they match up. And you know fantasy owners, I know that frustrated a lot of people with Coleman getting so many touchdowns. I think he had one in the air also, but then the next week just no de- no love at all. It's all about moving around and, and, and picking the style, picking the matchups as it, as it goes for Kyle Shanahan. But I don't want to step on the toes of the, the relatively black and fat podcast when we're talking about something other than boxing. Just wanted to get some picks going on and see how everybody's feeling since the games are going to be coming up here real shortly. Um, I know I got to take my ass to the grocery store right now, get some stuff to barbecue up for the game. So, um, yeah, man, I'm sure we'll all be in touch throughout the, the group message throughout the day and, uh, you know, get, get this whole – I mean, we only got one game left after these two. So, um, it's been a while for me. It's been a long eight years. So, we'll see. Hopefully, this thing works out. But just remember, for those who are listening and those who are paying attention, keep an eye on the officials. I smell some fishy business going on, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Willa, any final thoughts before we wrap it up and get out of here? No, that's it, man. Like you said, two more weeks of football, so let's see what the day has to hold. All right, all right. We went over our time, guys, and I don't want to get cut off here, so we're going to end at that. Simon, JP, man, love you guys. Thanks for joining us and, and, and everybody rocking with us. Continue to keep rocking. With Outside the Boxing Podcast, we'll be back on Wednesday with a preview show and anything that happens. And if there's any news about the Relatively Black and Fat Podcast, me and Willa will be – uh, putting it out on Twitter and letting the people know who uh, want to get in the know. We got a lot to talk about outside the sport of boxing when it comes to old Willis Astros and a whole lot more. So hopefully we'll get into that today or figure something out in the foreseeable future. But with Outside the Boxing Podcast, people will be back sooner rather than later. Have a good day. Everybody enjoy. See out. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.